LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. So he's all over the... I don't need to tell you, do I? He's all over the front of the papers. It's funny, I was, I was watching Andy Murray yesterday, and you know me, I can't bear tennis. I mean, I, I really couldn't care less about it. But actually, to have a winner. And also, I was more interested in what Boris Becker... And John Lloyd was saying afterwards, saying, listen, you know, when people were sort of picking on him because he was playing grass courts and stuff like that, I had no idea he came from Dunblane. That shows how little I know about tennis. But I was, uh, I was glad to educate myself. And then they were saying, you know, people taking the mickey. I mean, yeah, look at the stamina. Who would have wanted to play in that heat? Who would have wanted to play in that heat? I wouldn't have done. I was, I was suffering badly yesterday, I'm afraid. I know the rest of you absolutely adore the weather and absolutely adore the sunshine and absolutely adore... I mean, I thought it was great that he won and I did sit there with tears in my eyes and when he was going upstairs, all the corporate people were coming out and, and you know, and I, 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 felt, I felt a kinship with him because I can't play tennis. Uh, but it's the signing of the autographs. You know, you try and do as many and after a while he was just scribbling something on a piece of... could have been anything. Could have been writing a telephone number as far as I was concerned, but I loved watching it because he was trying to do as many, but keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, and people, you know, patting him on the back. And I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. It kind of, it gives gives us a little boost. Next thing, we'll have a water shortage, so we'll need a little boost, won't we, at the moment, of sort of, of somebody who's done something for the country. (coughs) Excuse me, in Dunblane, they were absolutely beside themselves. Absolutely beside. So I was pleased. His mum burst into tears. His girlfriend, she's stunning, uh, was sort of saying, oh, my God. And everybody else was jumping up and down. It was really good. It, we need it. God knows. There's enough bloody well depressing. There's Kerry Katona in this world who sold her tawdry little story to the paper the other day about, you know, because I've been chucked from this uh, this company that she promoted to persuade you to pay 2,700% interest. Stupid woman. And then, um, and then she was slagging them off the other day. Oh, if they drop me, think how they care about you. You know nothing, woman. I'm sick to death of the papers putting these low-rent people in there. And as for the... Well, I don't know where to begin with, um, with Katie Hopkins. Another attention seeker. A more staged event. I couldn't believe I was listening to people talking to Duncan and getting really upset. Who does she think she is? It was a set-up. You'd have to be stupid not to realise that. You re- they, she'd already written about this in her column... The producer, Carl, of this morning must have seen it and got, right, that'll, let's get that one on. And so they pay her 300 quid, which is the standard fee for the programme. You go on there and she repeats this, this trite rubbish. Philip Schofield does his sort of great I'm an actress thing. Uh, Holly Willoughby didn't lose her temper at all. If you thought she did, then you were quite clearly watching the wrong programme. Because I watched it live. And she just sort of sat... I mean, Holly Willoughby's not the brightest penny in the box. It was just something that was stupid, designed to get their phone lines ringing and designed to get people watching YouTube. Because it was just so stupid. As stupid as Samantha Brick saying, I'm too beautiful and women don't like me. It was as ridiculous as that. It's like, it's, it would like me or... Well, not me, but somebody else sort of saying, I'm bigger than God. You know, people go, don't be so... Well, that, you know, that would provoke the same sort of interest. You know, I'm not going to allow people to, uh, to associate with my children. I bet you Chardonnay, it's very stupid... But they, uh, but they did, and she'll backtrack. She'll be eating humble pie like there's no tomorrow. And then, of course, we read about Paul Gascoigne being abusive again. Well, there's a big surprise. What a waste of thirty grand that was. Let him drink himself to death. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, does it? You've helped him. Quite clearly, the man is, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But quite clearly, this this thirty grand was wasted. Might as well have given him the booze and said, "Drink yourself to death." Oh, I'm sorry I've let people down. No, you've not let people down. You let yourself down, mate. Nobody cares anymore. You know, there's a limit to what you can do 
there is a limit to how much you can help somebody and spend money and then then they do a few appearances, top up the coffers and they go, I think I'll get a bottle of booze. The film crew reckon he's been drinking for the last month. Um, which, you know, is... I mean, it's sad, but frankly, I couldn't give a forex. I'm not remotely interested. If somebody wants to drink themselves to death, drink themselves to death. Uh, the only question I keep asking is, where are his friends? Where are the people who are supposed to be keeping on the straight and now? Are they checking? Of course they're not. They seem to think that you spend 30 grand, shove him in rehab for a week or two, come out, sell all the stories, make a bit of money, don't bother to pay people back. You know, that's what friends do. They help you out. And then he then he carries on drinking. Apparently in one of them he's seen drinking in the shop where he's buying the booze from. He buys it and starts drinking while he's paying for it. No, I don't know. I'm not an alcoholic. I understand that I had a producer who was an alcoholic. And that was bad enough. No, no present one except he just drinks tea. God, he's boring. And uh, shorts today. I've never seen so many people in this building wearing shorts. I'm so glad I'm an adult and I don't have to wear shorts. Because it's just an embarrassment. It's like, you know, people got no idea. They wear shorts. There's another friend of mine in the building who works on another radio station. And he's got, like, short shorts on today. Above the knee. Hello? Hello? I don't think so. The producer this morning is wearing below the knee. But it's Cambridge and it's last year's fashion. So it doesn't really make any difference. It is so. You've not bought those recently. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I can tell. Yeah, you bought them Saturday. No. No, in, oh, in Cambridge. Well, that explains the colour then and everything else. <laughs> uh, but, you know, apart from that, I did cut some stories out of the Sunday papers. I did go to the Tower of London yesterday, not actually go in it. We were going to do a river. We, we took the, the Routemaster bus, which is always good fun. You know, it's, it's a bit of nostalgia. It clippity-clops its way down the street. You go to Tower Hill. It's lovely. On the way back, it stopped at the Aldwych. That was a bit of a pain in the rear end. So I had to walk from the Aldwych back to the car. But I did it in the heat. And I managed to survive the heat. So this morning, I'm going to the Hampton Court Flower Show. Because you remember the two people who bid for me in the Help for Heroes auction. And so I'm going there this morning. So I think that's from about 10 o'clock. So I'm looking forward to going around Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. Because I did the first one. I did the very first Hampton Court Palace Show. And you're going to say, but what did you do? I was on a radio station they set up. I went from here to go and work on this other radio station, which was at Hampton Court Palace. It was on a short-term licence, broadcasting to around the end. We played classical music. It was like the forerunner to Classic FM. It was lovely. It was really... And watching them build the show up was the best, the best thing in the entire world. There's, there's been some, some good things over this weekend. We did the walk around Regent's Park. It was a bit hot for me, but I managed that. Uh, we were going to go on the Thames on one of the boats, but it was like 12 quid to Greenwich. I'm not paying 12 quid to go to Greenwich. So instead, we went and had uh, lunch in St Catherine's Dock, which was lovely. On Saturday, God, we did loads of things Saturday. We did the market at North Weald. Then we went to Epping and a school that's uh, just been rebuilt. We went round there and that was, that was good fun because I think my youngest goddaughter might be going there. So we did that. Then we went for dinner in the evening <laughs> to the King's Head, uh, which I think is known as the Dambusters Pub. Pretty certain it's known as the Dambusters. Well, it was like a scene from Faulty Towers. It was seriously, they were, they were woefully undermanned, woefully undermanned. It was fairly busy, you know, it took ages to get drinks and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter because we had such a funny time in there. It was, it was really, it was really good fun. And at the very end, just to sort of cap it all off, they said, I'd like a dessert, something from the menu. And so I said, you know, I fancied apple and cherry crumble with ice cream and custard. And so she said, apple and cherry crumble. So anyway, so you sort of wait 15 minutes and it came back. And, um, no, before that, I'd ordered the chicken, ham and leek pie. 
She's making my mouth water, thinking, which had a lovely uh, puff pastry crust and all the rest of it. And that came with, it just came with chips, I think, and some, we had some cauliflower cheese, which wasn't great. It really wasn't great. You know, just pour, you've got to, you've got to, cauliflower cheese is a bit of an art form. You know, you've got to put the cheese on, put it under the grill and melt it. That's the whole idea. This looked like it was just sort of swimming in a bit of liquid cheese, which wasn't very exciting. But, you know, nobody ever said you went there for the food, you go for the atmosphere. And uh, we certainly got the atmosphere. And so I went all the way through my, my chicken pie, which was just that, chicken. We couldn't, I said to the lady, I said, I can't find any ham or leek in here. She thought it was hilarious. It was quite fun. Anybody else would have thrown it. Me, I just went, oh, right, OK. Anyway, so then we get the, we get to the dessert. And I thought I could just force down a little apple and cherry. I just fancied an apple and cherry crumble with custard and ice cream. So it came, so I'm going through it. I can't find any cherries in this thing at all. And when the woman put it on the table, she went, apple and gooseberry. I said, no, apple and cherry. And she looked at me, she went, no, gooseberry. I went, this has cherry on the menu. I mean, nobody knew what they were doing down there. It was, it, it was total incompetence. Total incompetence. But because we were having such a good time, I didn't really care. So we had a nice time. So that was, I mean, I really didn't care about the whole thing. And then I was, um, then Pete turned up, who's a friend of Chris, because they've got a business together. And, uh, and he was laughing at my experiences on the Euston Road when all the Chelsea fans started throwing vegetables at the car. I said, I'm going to have to buy a little Chelsea fan to stick out the top and wave. So I go, look, Chelsea fan. Not really, but I'll just do it, you know. I think I might actually cover all the football teams. Might get a West Ham one. Because my friend Pete has got a West Ham number plate. And so every time he parks up in this car, people think he's a West Ham player. So they're quite disappointed when he comes back and goes, sorry, guys, you know. Just a supporter. Uh, Cheryl Cole got very upset. Well, you know what she's like. Well, yeah, because I'm not worth it. Because she had this boring party and a journalist wrote about how dull it was. You know, for sort of Cheryl Cole, international superstar. I don't think so. She ended up with nobody. You know, it really wasn't. The only picture was of four people slumped on a sofa. Cheryl Cole with a fag in her hand, you know, but she's from Newcastle. And, uh, and a rather dilapidated looking birthday cake. And so one of the journalists, a very, very well-known journalist, I think it was Polly Hudson, wrote about it. Well, Cheryl, you know, because she's got so much time on her hands, because she doesn't actually have a job at the moment. You know, she's looking for multi-million pound houses. No, she's not. And, um, and she, she's failed in everything. As somebody said, and I'll repeat it again, because it's such a good line, Cheryl Cole is a classic example of how far you can go in a career based on looks alone. She has no talent. She cannot sing. She cannot... I mean, you can't employ someone like that. Can you imagine on a radio programme? Way, eh? Here it comes, Gaza, singing again. Fog on the tines, all mine, all mine. You know, it just doesn't... It just doesn't work. So she has... She's in America with little Trey, her dancer, who's not working either, so she's obviously supporting him. And a couple of the girls from Girls Aloud. I mean, that's how desperately sad it is. No, no, Simon you know, pitching up Simon Cowell, anybody like these sort of people. And it just looked a bit sad, and apparently it cost her 50 grand. That was the rumour that they put out. And I kept thinking, so she doesn't have a job, she never worked in America, her singing career's dead in the water, and Will I Am is not bothering to represent her anymore. So what does she do now? The answer, she sits at home and twiddles her thumbs, probably the fag on her. I'm not having that girl rating that crap about me. And so she sits and she fires off a missive. She's, when she's roused, she's nasty, as you'll find out in a moment. Oh, it's too hot. <laughs> Even at this time of the morning, it's too I did actually get up yesterday. I bounced out of bed on yesterday morning, Sunday morning. I thought, the one thing I've got to do today, it's water the plants, because they're going to keel over and die. And I can't afford to have them dying. So I was out there yesterday, an hour watering. And then I didn't do it this morning. So when I get back this morning, before I go off to Hampton Court, I'm out there with the, uh, with the hose, 
drenching everything. Because it's, it's hot. It is too, too hot for plants, and you've got to get out there and water. Luckily, there's no hosepipe ban, and hopefully there will not be a hosepipe ban. But it's going to occur at some time, isn't it? So anyway, back to lovely Cheryl Cole. Why, eh? Because I'm worth it. And so the journalist, uh, Polly, says uh, Cheryl, no surname, had the most depressing 30th birthday in the history of celebrations, didn't she? In case you managed to escape this, first Chesa rounded up her massive gang of friends, i.e. mum, boyfriend, hairstylist, and some, <coughs> but not all of the people she was put together with on a reality show. Because Sarah Harding's not invited... <coughs> Sorry, wait a minute. <coughs> not invited to anything. And I'm not sure if they don't get on... Well, anyway, perhaps Sarah was busy doing something. Anyway, uh, she flew them to Vegas... This is, where the 50, this is where the 50 grand comes in. She had to fly people out. I don't know what she's doing over there. She hasn't got a job. So she's sitting in this club in Vegas, full of strangers who took photos of her on their phones. I mean, a really bad night. So this article went on. And uh, it said that it's the latest example of something that's been clear for a while now. Cheryl, no surname, would be much happier if she'd never become famous. The article went on to say if she was a norm... I think that's that's an abbreviation for a normal person. She'd be able to have real experiences and real friends, it concluded. So in summary, if Cheryl, if Cheryl wasn't famous, she'd be much happier. Never want to hold her tongue, and as you know, she's been in court before for sort of uh, letting her temper get the better of her. Cheryl wrote back straight away. She wrote, poor Polly, meow. Who exactly uh, was my party depressing for? Yourself? Sitting behind your little computer watching Instagram or... Well, I don't really know where to start with this one, I have to say. Cat's got my tongue. No pun intended. I'm actually dumbfounded reading your nasty, bitter, horrible, incredibly inaccurate and misinformed article. Is this what you've uh, resorted to? I feel bad for you. But we never saw any. I mean, to be honest with you, so far, she had to fly her little bandmates out there to Vegas... I suppose it would look a bit bit rubbish, wouldn't it, if she'd done it in Newcastle? But so she flies them out to Vegas. There's only her mum, you know, and the family's slightly off off the wall. And uh, but no, no, no brother, no sister, anything like that. Trey, the little dancer boyfriend, who can't believe his luck, he's actually found a cash cow that pays for everything. And so two members of Girls Allowed. I mean, she doesn't really have any. She appears not to have any friends. This is what I found slightly disturbing. And when I read the article by Polly, I had to agree. You know, she's tried everything. Her singing was a disaster. Her little... I'm going to fake, 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 fake for this late... You know, it was so pathetically awful, it was an embarrassment. Even Will I Am must have agreed at the end. They couldn't get her a job. Nobody understood what she was talking about in America. She doesn't have a track record. And listen, it doesn't matter whether a big cosmetics company pick you up and take your photo. They've done it to Toss Daily. Toss, 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 Toss. And they've done it to loads of other people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... She... Unfortunately for poor Cheryl, who comes from the wrong side of the tracks, she started believing the publicity and working on the assumption that you know she is a big international star nobody knows who she is you go to about Cheryl Cole no idea mate nobody knows so she has her little party and she says uh, I have no idea this is where there's a rude word coming up okay fingers and ears fingers and ears she says I have no idea why or where your nastiness, nastiness has suddenly come from as you only ever have kissed my ass to my face that must be some journalistic experience. I've never, I've never heard that expression before. She said, I won't bother myself with handing you any correct information or facts, as I feel that's part of your job you seriously need to work on. Good luck with that bitterbilly saucer of milk for Polly. She added, P.S. Polly, no pals. It's Lady Cheryl, no surname to you. Yeah, bought for 20 quid, love. 
Bought for 20 quid by Simon Cowell. You didn't even see the irony in him buying Lady because he did say in his book, did he not say in his autobiography, the one which we've talked about in LBC before, that he only ever invited Cheryl out to places. He said, but you can't ask her to talk about anything because she doesn't know anything. She's only happy talking to her Billy No mates, bandmates, and apparently they argued on tour, and it was, you know, it was just a bit sad, really, wasn't it? And so she's great. You can stick her in an outfit, stick her in can. Loads of people will take your pictures, Cheryl, but if you fell down face in the gutter, as Sarah Harding's discovered, they will still take your picture. But it don't make you anybody at all. You have to earn that. You have to earn that. You know, musical career, forget it. For Sarah Harding, forget it. You know, you might as well not even waste your... At 30 years old... And the best party, and it cost 50 grand. Because I looked at this club and I thought, I know this club. It ain't that expensive. You know, it's, you, I mean, and also, if you are anybody, if you've got any class, and I don't think she's got any class, poor soul, you would have a private party in a room at somewhere nice. You know, like hospital in London or so. But she, because she doesn't know anybody, she has to bring people in. You know, her little dancer, her mother, yawn. And a couple of girls from Girls... And that was the extent of the pictures. Where were all the rest of the pictures? There weren't any. But they didn't, they didn't waste any time in telling you that it cost her £50,000. And that's, that's the sad side of it. Because it appeals to those sort of low-rent people who think, oh, she's a big star. Well, you name the last time she was in the charts. Bad enough I mean, to read about Kerry Coke Toner, I'm afraid. But at least we've got Andy Murray to cheer us all up on the front of every papers. It's uh, history. He looks very happy. I was, as I say, I cried. I'm not ashamed to admit that I did have quite a few tears in my eyes because I thought the emotion that goes through your body when you've got people who literally, they were on Henman Hill, I think they call it Henman Hill, people, the moment it, yes, and everybody went up there and I thought, that's what we do. That's what we do well. We do well. You know, when, we're, when they're down, we kick them. When they're up, we're all there. I felt a bit sorry for Nigella Lawson. The uh, the divorce is going to go ahead. Well, you don't want to hang around with him, Nigella. He's not a nice piece of work, is he? He's an old man. And it's not his fault that uh, he's, he's, not, he's not very pleasant. Uh, Gaza, I'm so sorry I let you all down. I'm devastated. Oh, go away, you silly little girl's blouse. Listen, we've spent 30 grand. Your friends have, you know, like uh, Ronnie Irani. I've never, I don't even know who he is. He must be a footballer or something. It's a, oh, he's a cricketer, is it right? And Gary Lineker. They've all forked out, you know. 20 quid here and 50 and a thousand pound or whatever it happens to be and all he's done he's thrown it back in their face again and that's that's what I find depressing about the whole thing I'm not interested in him and his dreary stepdaughter and uh and 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 family I don't know why Cheryl ever went back with him you know he beat her up the man's a, a nasty little piece of work so when he was arrested by the police he's not been charged but uh, that's why people went, oh, he's back on the sauce again. Oh, dear. And we were, we were discussing this, strangely enough, on Friday. We were talking about people who drink and what sort of drunk you are. You know, are you a happy drunk? I said, I just become very affectionate. I become very tactile, far more so than normal. I'm not really a tactile person. I don't think I'm a tactile person at all until I've had about a glass and a half of Chardonnay. That's not the girl next door, incidentally. That's a, a bottle of wine. And, and I, I thought to myself, you know, uh, how affectionate can I become? And on Friday, I became quite affectionate. <laughs> Even to my embarrassment. But I quite like that. I think affection's very, very nice. You know, when you're doing it, when it's in company. When it's, you know, it's not like Cheryl Cole. I didn't need to fly anybody out there to be my friend or anything like that. I'm not that sad. But uh, you just feel a bit sorry. So here he is. He's apologised over at New Boucher. Yeah, we've heard it before, mate. You know, if you want to drink yourself to death, drink yourself to death. Nobody can stop you. We tried with George Best, didn't work for him, he died. You know, left nothing at the end. You quite clearly haven't even got enough money for a pot to in. And, you know, 
all your friends have to club together, they must be feeling, you know, the worst now, going, do you know what a waste of bloody money that was? What a waste of money. Would have been easy to just buy him cases of booze and let him sit at home and just drink himself until his liver just gives out. We've had people on holiday, they go to Falaraki or wherever, and they drink. There was one guy in the paper the other day, he drank a litre of spirits. And he wondered why he died. Well, he probably didn't wonder anymore. He just sort of passed out and then died. And you think to yourself, I don't know, there's drink and then there's excessive drink. And then there's somebody who's stupid as well. You know, at one time, he might have been a good footballer. Sadly, those days are long since gone. And while we're on the subject of footballers, am I being extremely mean, ladies and gentlemen, this morning? Because if I see another picture of David Beckham at a school fete, running and beating everybody. I'm going to trip the smug little man up, I'm afraid. Have you ever heard, Davy boy, of being gracious? We know you're a sportsman and you can easily outrun these people. Wouldn't it have been nice if you'd fake to fall over and let somebody else win for a change? Because, frankly, you've come over as the smuggest little so-and-so ever. You're running against some women and some fat old men who are parents and you just have to beat them, don't you? Whereas it would have been so much better if they'd gone, look, he let her win. Or so. It doesn't matter. You just should have been more gracious, mate. But that's the case of not the brightest penny in the box. If you're listening, Nigella, take him for everything you can get. OK, you know, because I think it's apparently he said, you know, it's been, it's been off the boil for, for a while now. The other good news was that we finally got rid of uh, Abu Qatada. That's fantastic. Couldn't, couldn't be happier on that one. Even David Cameron said he was fairly happy. So I thought, well, I'm in, I'm in keeping with the Prime Minister. Loads of stories from the Sunday papers. Loads of stories. Uh, and also, uh, John Inverdale had to apologise to Wimbledon champion Marion Bartoli for the clumsy comments he made about her appearance. What's clumsy about it? He said she weren't no looker. What's about I was always told as a child, tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know, he, he, he suggested she was never going to be a looker. Yeah? What's about with... What's about the, oh, they're so pansy-like at the BBC. Ooh, can't see things like that. She might be upset. Well, she can go and clump him over the head. Who cares? Who cares? No, you tell somebody. If I see ugly people on the street, I go, excuse me, don't go out in daylight. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, eat more at the salad bar. You know, when you go to the harvester, eat at the salad bar. Try and eat just, just the salad, maybe not the chips. You know, I feel that's being helpful. I don't feel that's being difficult. That's just me being caring. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I love, uh, somebody said to me, well, if I've still got it on here, actually, it was, it was very funny. It was very, it might have probably come to something else, actually. People send me odd, um, odd, I wonder if they sent it to my tweet thing. Did it come from the tweet or did it not, actually? Or did it come in from here? It was, it was very, very funny. And, um... And it, it made me laugh at the same time because I was looking at pictures of who actually went to Wimbledon this week and the good and the great were there. Well, I say the good and the great. They weren't necessarily the, the good or the great, I'm afraid. Victoria Beckham pitched up. But there again, you see, it's a photo opportunity, isn't it, really, for her? And uh, who else was there? Oh, they're nice to see the Roonies. I mean, really, I thought we got above inviting chavs into this kind of thing. And, uh, and then you had um, oh, Victoria Beckham wearing what looked like her underwear. Uh, Ronnie Wood. And uh, Zara and Mike, members of the royal family. And who else? Uh, Chris Hoy and his wife and Cliff Richard in another very camp jacket. I don't know where he gets these. Thank God it never rained. Thank God. We're all going... Shut up. 
You can always guarantee if Cliff turns up, it might rain, and you don't want him to sing, do you? But I, I did love, and I think it was, somebody said, it was, um, it was one of Cliff Richard's tweets, and I wasn't sure if it was genuine or not. Whatever it was, it was hilarious. It was something like, it's glorious weather, and uh, I've got a semi in Wimbledon. And... Uh, I thought, well, that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? We're all a bit thrilled by that one. That's right, it was. It was Sir Cliff Richard on Twitter. Beautiful summer's day in a huge semi. Doesn't get much better. That's what Cliff Richard tweeted. <laughs> Beautiful summer's day in a huge semi. Is it not what? It's a parody again. All oh, right. It's ever, what's that mean? What's it? Oh, is it not him? But it says Sir Cliff Richard at the real Sir Cliff. Oh, right. Oh, what a shame, because it makes it even funnier. Now I know it's not him. It's not funny anymore. It was only funny when we thought it was him. You understand these things, don't you? He understands what parody account means. I, of course, have no idea. And uh, so here they all were. You know, the Prime Minister leapt out of his seat. I want to know how these people get there for the final. They just phone up and go, uh, it's Victoria Beckham. We're coming for another photo opportunity. I'm not interested in tennis. She's never expressed any interest in tennis. But uh, Dave's free at the moment. In fact, Dave's free for a lot of the time. Uh, with Nick Ferrari this morning, they'll be looking at uh, Murray winning Wimbledon and asking what it means for tennis. The answer is, it means he's won Wimbledon. I was trying to work out whether or not that... Does that inspire people? I suppose all the council tennis courts are now going to be chock-a-block for the next few weeks, aren't they? They've been fairly busy up until now. Now that he's actually won it, it's going to be good. We've got uh, our gadget giveaway for today. Which is lovely. And uh, who's that? James Corden. Oh, I'm a fan of James Corden, actually. And uh, Molly King. Now, what did she tell? I've got, I've got a cutting about Molly King, who turned up on something. But she's the blonde, vacuous one. Because what they do with some of these people, when they, when they try and sort of find something for them to do when, when their career's not going so well, is they put them on these television shows where they've either got Keith Lemon being Keith Lemon, or just being anybody he wants to be, and uh, with foul language as well. Must be so. Do you think Holly Willoughby swears like a navvy? I reckon she must do. She certainly must do. She must stink like an ashtray anyway. And so uh, so Molly King uh, goes out, and I think she did... I forget what it was she did, but they said she didn't actually contribute anything to the programme at all, which was, uh, which was a shame. Ronnie Wood goes along to Wimbledon. Uh, George Clooney... A split from Stacey, Stacey Keebler. He is the eternal bachelor. I don't think he's ever going to get married. Do you? No, we don't think so either. What, what does he go out with these girls for? Photo opportunities. You know, I don't think he's interested in, in settling down or anything like that. But, of course, people who, who go out with him end up, you know, selling stories about what he's like and everything. I don't think it matters. He's just another Hollywood actor. Oh, here's, here's the Roonies. Oh, dear. Oh. And they, the, um, so they didn't want to miss out. So they watched Andy Murray's stunning triumph over Novak. And uh, Colleen looks bored out of her mind, and he just looks like a complete ace prat in a suit. You know, I'd be happier. He's obviously happier wearing tracksuit bottoms. She was wearing a white skater dress, and obviously, as with all these dresses, you spend most of your time trying to pull the back down. You know, they stand, oh, it's riding up on my bum, isn't it? Well, it does when your bum's that big, yes. And he was wearing a suit that makes him look like he's walked out of Hepworth. But some people can wear suits, and he's not one of them, I'm afraid. But empty seats all over the place, and then somebody came over, and uh, Colleen was talking to Victoria, but she was thrilled. David? David! She's talking to me. Although, actually, I didn't, uh, I didn't see David. I don't know if he was... Was he sitting next to her? There's no pictures of him. I'm trying to find out. Victoria's, I say, wearing her underwear. And uh, Colleen and Wayne, I think what, what they're trying to do, they're trying to pretend they're middle class. I don't think they are. I don't think they are, actually. Uh, Nigella and her shock, I'm afraid, at the, the divorce demand. I wasn't at all surprised. I was surprised they dragged it on that long, I'm afraid. You know, for, you know, 
really not sort of bother. I just love the idea that Andy Murray's mum burst into tears. I thought that was quite sweet. I thought that was really sweet. Um, Asachi ends the marriage with a bombshell statement. Nigella is holed up sobbing. She set heart on making it work. I don't know why. Why would you want to hang around with a nasty piece of work like that? It's horrible. I don't think women should be, you know, apparently he sort of filed the divorce without even telling her. Well, that shows you what he's like then, doesn't it? That shows you what it's like. And um, it's a shame. Somebody says Charles's furious has been exploding like Mount Etna. It's a good slap on his bomb, as far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen. He will crush her if he wants to. What a horrible thing to say. What a horrible man. What a horrible man. She still loves him, but there again, women do go, unfortunately, for men who, who, uh, who attack them. And uh, whichever way you look at it, she's kind of better off out of it. Talisa's still on holiday. I hope you stay on holiday for the rest of your life, love. And Paul Gascoigne got a a tat, a tat, sorry, tattoo, uh, in tribute to his ex-wife Cheryl, days before his arrest for allegedly assaulting her in a drunken rage. He blew £100, getting a name inked on his right forearm. Where's that come from, love? I don't want to be rude about this, but for God's sake, your friends put their hands in their pockets and you're wasting money on a tattoo to your ex-wife Cheryl. How drunk are you? Dear me. It's, I mean, I don't know why she's hanging around with you anyway. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Michael Parkinson, front page of the Sunday Papers. He's talking of uh, prostate cancer. He says work would help him beat prostate cancer. Um, and they, apparently, as he lifted the lid on his most famous interviews. It's a strange thing, isn't it? You know, he's lifting the lid on his famous interviews. At the same time, he's announcing prostate cancer. Is he plugging a book or something? But he, he's joined with the Sun for a Protect Your Prostate campaign. He's 78, for God's sake. He's 78. You know, he has three weeks left of intensive radiotherapy and doctors expect a full recovery. Because when I read about it, oh, Parky's got cancer. I thought he's, he's 78. You know, you expect to get something. Good God, I, mean, I know people who've got dreadful coughs and colds and... Oh, dreadful. Uh, good news if you work for Asda. Because they've got a windfall today coming to them, an average uh, for each person under the supermarket super savers scheme, which all the staff are involved with. They get an average of £3,240 each. It's not bad, is it? If you work for it, you'll be going, wow, that's great. All the people who aren't in the scheme going, oh dear. Um, Swindlers worldwide are milking the Soft Touch UK for handouts like winter fuel allowances, even in baking hot Somalia. Fraudsters! have uncovered a string of bogus benefit claims, fraud busters, from the war-torn African nation, infamous for its pirates. The cons were among a scandalous 61 million quid going to far-flung countries, uncovered in a blitz. Well, I think what you have to do is, is stop it completely. Anybody who's in a warm country, you don't get any money sent to you at all, I'm afraid. That's not what it's there for. And how stupid of the government to start sending this money out. How big are your feet? I bet what size feet have you got? Nine and a half. It's almost woman's size, isn't it, really? See, I'm, I'm sort of 11. Ten and a half, 11. But there's a man here, his shoe size is 23. I didn't know there was such a thing as a shoe size of 23. And um, he's eight foot one, tall, <coughs> and he's 31 inches old. And then they've got the world's smallest woman, and she's Jyoti, and she's 19. She's two foot tall, and her, her shoe size is kid size one. <laughs> that must be cheap, isn't it? Spend the, spend the VAT on tequila, which is quite a nice idea. And then, so they've got a picture of his... I mean, his feet are bigger than, than she is. I mean, I've never seen feet the size of it. His, his foot, you can measure it yourself at home, from, from the top of his toe to the base of his heel is one foot three inches. That's a lot, isn't it? And so he's out with the world's smallest woman. 
Not really a woman at 19, is she? Jyoti, poor soul. I do like that, though. It does make me laugh. They put these people together, and of course, because he's eight foot one, it makes her look even tinier. They had that dreadful Keith Lemon programme where he goes out to... He, only, he obviously picks people like Jenny Faulkner or something. I can't remember who he's picked for these some of these programmes. But they're obviously low-rent people that, you, you know, wouldn't appear on anything else. Vern Troyer, is it, or something? What's the point of him? I've never heard such bad language on a programme. It's, I mean, you know, I fooled myself. I shouldn't have watched it. Uh, here is uh, Danielle Westbrook. So she's revealed she's finally planning to report her horrific gang rape to the police. Will that be after the book's not selling properly? Will that be a sort of a, a last desperate attempt to try and get something uh, something going? Helen Flanagan and uh, her, her friend Ashley Roberts have spoken about her fears for Helen Flanagan, who suffered a string of ordeals worse than any Bush Tucker trial. Oh, shut up. Goodness sake, honestly. These people bring it on themselves. They bring it on themselves. Danielle Westbrook... Her, um, her autobiography, she says her bipolar is now under, now under control, but as long as she takes her medication. Do you know, I tell you, this world of show business, it's littered. Littered with either drunks or bipolar people or bankrupts or anything else. You know, you, you sort of makes you wonder how they get through day-to-day living. Who's that? That's, uh, this is, uh, I don't know this woman is, actually. Who is she? It's a picture of her out. Oh, Helen George. Anybody know she? No, I don't know who she is either. Anyway, she's uh, she's in Call Out the Midwife, and that's the only reason she's in the papers. Uh, Coronation Street star Jack Shepard reckons being a child actor made him a real-life recluse and old before his time. Yeah. I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, his, his acting's pitiful on Coronation Street. Imagine most of them, they're terrible. The only good one is the one who runs the cafe, Roy, with the sex-change wife, which I think is uh, is actually quite funny. Oh, Gary Lineker's tweet, 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 tweeted the same thing, as he, about the... Uh, Oh, he was the one who tweeted it. Oh, lovely. What a sad person he is, isn't he, really? If I imagine you look at the rest of the family. Um, I can't sleep and I have to go to work at eight. I'm going to be in such a bad mood. Can you help? No? You're going to be in a bad mood for the rest of your day. Uh, if you like a good cynical rant, you can't beat Steve Allen on LBC. It makes getting up at this early hour bearable. It's not, not cynical. The what, last thing I is, is cynical. Uh, another one says, you're so brilliant at what you do. You should have a peak time slot. Wouldn't sound the same. Wouldn't sound the same. It sounds better at this time of the morning. And did you watch the Lions game on Saturday? Oh, is the Pope Catholic? What are people asking the dumbest questions, you know? Great news about Murray, says Maria. The boy from Dunblane wins Wimbledon. Something positive out of sadness. Even Posh and Colleen Rooney cracked a smile. Well, I don't think Posh did. I mean, I don't know she doesn't do that. Do you think she knew what she was watching? It's tennis, dear. What? It's tennis. Oh. I thought it was people photographing me because I'm beautiful. Not as beautiful as Colleen Rooney. Uh, Murray the Scot or Murray Mint, as he will be known. Do you think he's going to be knighted? I think he could be knighted. I mean, that's the kind of thing we'd, we'd dish him out for now. And that's the last year. The next thing will be advertising washing powder. Uh, Gaza hitting the bottle again. Sad to hear, but nobody's really shocked to hear it. Some folk are beyond help. Well, it, it is. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. It's like being a smoker. I was a smoker. I wish I'd never smoked. Actually, strange enough, I think Richard Maidley said the same thing. But uh, he enjoys, you know, bottles of wine, stuff like that. And um, and so we talk about addictions, because Richard Madeley came in on... Was it... I do if he came in on Friday. Friday. He's very personable, you know. You can't get... And his book's excellent. It really is. Someday you will find me. It's a psychological thriller. And don't underestimate the fact that uh, you think, oh, it's Richard Madeley, he can't write. Seriously, it's it's very, very good. 
It's very, very good. It's a very, very good psychological thriller. We so, he, he'll, he'll be reading some of it out next week on In Conversation. Uh, because we've got him and Bradley Walsh. This week we've got Robson Green. I tell you, I'm really looking forward to talking to you this week. Apart from we've got Tina Hobley and... God, I'm trying to think who else we've got this week. We've got Denise Lewis coming in. Robson Green's coming in to talk about, you know, way a extreme fishing. If we're going to... T- oh, that's a different place. And um, also we've got Les McEwen in. Now, Les McEwen brought out an autobiography a short while ago, and I've got to get hold of a copy of it before the end of this week, because he was part of the first... The first fan mania supergroups, like the Osmonds, the Bay City Rollers, were immense. The problem was with the Bay City Rollers, they had a gay manager who went to prison. He liked the young boys, did Tom Payton, and the book talked about, you know, the uh, the thing that they went through. Long before anybody else was talking about celebrities hitting the news. Long before that. It was going on in groups. You know, it might still be going on now, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think things ever change. There, there was a whole book that came out once that said, what do boy band pop managers have in common? The answer is, they're all gay. The majority of them are gay. Pop band managers are gay, because, it, you know, you've got people who are desperate. To be, I mean, look at, you know, you look at the, the girls, and I'm assuming most of the, uh, the managers for the girl bands are gay as well. Why would they be remote? They're not remotely interested. I've never heard of anybody having an affair with a girl band member, but boy band members, absolutely. 14 to 5. <laughs> LBC 97.3. Call 0845 973 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. It's 11 minutes to 5. Every time you look at a picture of Victoria Baker, you keep thinking, what somebody says here, it looks like she's wearing a negligee. I mean, do you think she'd forgotten or something how to sort of put it on? And because she doesn't know what to do with her hair, she sort of scraped it back, a bit like Colleen Rooney with the, the old Croydon facelift kind of thing. But it's Andy Murray... All over the, it's his moment. It's his moment of uh, of having some great publicity, which is fantastic. And as millions cool off in eighty six degrees Fahrenheit heat wave, there's more sun to come. I can only tell you, it's going to be great, great, great for the rest of the week. And you can all suffer with it because I can't bear it. I want to sit inside. I want to sit in air conditioning. In fact, yesterday I wanted. Sorry, I wanted. Yeah, I'm not. You're wearing shorts all week, are you? That's what you think. And. Uh, <laughs> Can't bear people wearing shorts to work, I'm sorry. There's a dress code as far as I'm concerned, and shorts ain't it. It's like, and the worst thing is people wearing shorts with shoes. Shorts and shoes. It's all right for women to wear short dresses, but shorts and shoes for men, it's so chavvy. It's so awful, it really is. Kevin the milkman be having, he's probably had his legs out for weeks now, I should imagine. But I don't think he'd be wearing shoes. I don't know, he might be wearing shoes. Actually, I have a sneaking feeling he probably is wearing shoes. <laughs> Howard says there's a five-mile exclusion zone around Wembley preventing certain people from singing around the area. Well, you don't want Cliff Richard to sing, do you? Oh, please, God. We're up. Shut up. <laughs> Bring out the machine guns. Uh, also the papers, so did the, uh, the Stones roll back the years at uh, Hyde Park? Anybody go? Anybody go? No, I sat on the train on Friday coming back from town and there were people with Bon Jovi. Why do people leave a concert and they've still got their little tag around the neck with Bon Jovi on it? I mean, how pretentious is that? It's like me coming out the theatre and sort of sitting on the train holding my theatre seats going, been to see Rock of Ages. La, 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 la. Go to see Jersey Boys next week. Sit on the train holding that ticket. <laughs> and um, so anyway, Nigella, the final insult, she's left stunned and humiliated. As Saatchi dramatically announces divorce and blames a split on her. He's not pleasant, is he? He's not pleasant. He does say, I feel I've clearly been a disappointment to Nigella. I think you're a disappointment to everybody, love, aren't you? 
I don't know. I mean, I'd, I can't think of a nastier person. I don't know what, you know, it's, I mean, what he's, it, he says, I'm sorry to announce that Nigella Lawson and I are getting divorced. Uh, he said, heartbreaking for both of us as our love was very deep. But in the last year, we've become estranged and drifted apart. You didn't look estranged when you put your hands around her throat. I didn't look like estrangement to me. He says, I'm sorry we had a row. I'm sorry she was upset. I'm even more sorry that this is the end of our marriage. Well, I wish Nigella the best for the future and her continuing global success. She remains the most wonderful woman in the world. I feel very... Oh, he's trying to do damage limitation now. (laughs) Oh, terrible. And then there's the the story about uh, Michael Parkinson, which which started in the Sunday papers and now is in all the all the papers today, and they talk about prostate cancer. Well, Nick Ferrari did this ages ago. Ages ago. Prostate cancer test, simple blood test. Simple blood test. You know, I mean, they say here it accounts for 13% of deaths. Um, They say cancer grows slowly and symptoms only occur when the prostate is large enough to affect the urethra. Sufferers may need to urinate more often, struggle to start urination, or feel the bladder is not empty. That's all we need. Oh, and the cross-dressing artist is to give the BBC lecture. This is uh, Grayson Perry, who's really Claire when he dresses up. In fact, actually, he sort of spends most of his time dressed up. And they say he's a, he's a favourite at the Beeb. And uh, he's a Turner Prize winner who in the past was dressed up as a little Bo Peep. It's the trouble with trannies, isn't it? People, they like dressing up as things. I suppose you, you'd have to smile, you know, because he dresses up as a little Bo Peep. I think that's quite funny in its own way. <laughs> Doesn't appeal to me, but there you go. Uh, so Andy Murray, one at Wimbledon, says Nick in Ascot. You know, wouldn't know that over in San Francisco. Not a peep. Although if it was an American who won it, they'd all be talking about it. So well done him. Yes, I mean, it's very unlikely, isn't it? Very, very unlikely that they're going to get excited over that. It's only us. Only us. And we like being excited. We like being excited over this. Why shouldn't we? For goodness sake, we've waited 77 years. If you can't get really excited about something... You know, it's uh, it's good. Uh, Steve, does anybody really believe Andy Murray was playing for GB? He was playing for himself and maybe Scotland, to be honest. I don't blame him. Um, well, I don't think it matters. He's part of us. He's part of us, I think. Did you know the lady who plays Hayley Cropper leaves? I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. I just remember the very first time that Roy found her on a canal boat and she was a bloke who worked as a woman and then magically in this little enclave of Weatherfield, they seem to accept transsexuals there. You know, everybody else will be going, ah, but why, Ailey, you're a man, aren't you, really? Must be very embarrassing for the actress. We don't think you're attractive enough to play a woman, uh, but could you play a man who turns into a woman? Well, I'm not sure about that, Roy. Because she calls him Roy, doesn't she? It's a little bit like Siegfried and Roy. It's good there. Um, Steve, um, da, 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 just walked through Bristol and saw two pound shops stacking their front window displays with old tennis rackets and two free balls. Although that's a good idea. Listen, if it gets people out there, who knows? The next, the next champion could be listening to this programme right now. I've got my gadget competition in a moment. But also, uh, Mikey Carroll was in the paper yesterday. That other waste of space. Remember the foul-mouthed, filthy, disgusting, low-life... Mikey Carroll, who terrorised his neighbours. He won nine million on the lottery. And I'm delighted to say uh, he's got nothing left now. I couldn't be more happy. He terrorised the neighbours. Uh, he's now working in a factory for six quid an hour. He styled himself king of the chavs. He was declared bankrupt. He's now moved to Scotland. And he works at the Walker shortbread factory. He said, I take home 204 quid for packing. I treasure those wages more than nine million. It's a new staff. You foul-mouthed old so-and-so. Terrible person. 
terrible person. So I'm glad he lost everything. You know, that goes to prove. They offer you all the advice. On the lo- if you win the lottery, they offer you advice. They say, well, of course, he thought he knew better. Lost it all. I think the ex-wife took a load and all his friends took it and then the rest of it shoved up his nose. Time for the LBC gadget giveaway, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lovely day today. I might undo an extra button. On second thoughts, maybe not. Uh, because on Friday, uh, um, uh, Lajput from Southall, correctly identified, Ankara, is the capital of Turkey, and won himself a fabulous Google laptop. So, um, well done. Today I'm giving away a wonderful, wait for this one, a gas barbecue. So you can grill to your heart's content all summer. You can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. This is a Weber Q120 gas barbecue. Do we have a picture of the Weber Q120 gas barbecue? We will have any second. So that's what you're going for this morning, because we've decided that the weather's so nice, you might as well barbecue, mightn't you? So it's a Weber, W-E-B-E-R, Q120 barbecue. It's a, I think it's a gas barbecue, isn't it? Let's see what it looks like. Uh, here we go. Wait, oh, oh, a bit nice, isn't it? A bit nice. That's very nice. Oh, I like that idea. So the Weber Q, Q120 is obviously worth having it. Oh, blimey. That's a bit posh, isn't it? God, I like that one. That's that's gas, is it? Well, there you go. I'd never have known. Never have known. Very smart. It can be your... Oh, right. Oh, I like that a lot. It's only a small gas cylinder, isn't it? That's very useful. So, to get your hands on the gas barbecue, be the envy of your neighbours, you need to answer this question. Oh, is it? oh, it comes with a trolley. Blimey, that's lovely. Oh, I do like that a lot. That's very smart. Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? To enter, text the word gadget, follow by your answer, and send it to 84850. So once you've worked out who the actress is who played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley, and you should know, you text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Uh, if you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So you're playing today for the Weber Q120 gas barbecue. And it really is very, very nice. Very, very nice. I'm a little bit worried about one of the stories in the papers today. Five men who were uh, in, I think, Indonesia. And they... Um, they were attacked by tigers, OK? Uh, uh, after they were set to catch a deer, killed a tiger cub. So four Sumatran tigers killed and ate one 20-year-old hunter while the surviving five have climbed a tree. And it means that they might have to stay there till Wednesday before they can be rescued. Well, to be honest with you, I think tigers can climb trees. I think they can climb trees. It's like, you know, if you're out there in the Rockies and a bear chases you, a bear is the most dangerous predator because from cubs, they're taught to climb trees. And I remember two blokes out in, our, I think they were in the Adbeck, and uh, they camped by a billabong. And, and out of this billabong came this crocodile. And it ate one of the blokes. It grabbed him uh, because they, lo- they can move really fast. Really, really fast. <laughs> grabbed his leg, dragged him into the water. His mate climbed the tree. The crocodile, having consumed his friend sat under the tree waiting for the man to come down. And you think, you don't want to risk it. You don't want to ri-. Eventually, the poor bloke was rescued, but not much fun. I mean, to see the remains of his friend floating around. And in, uh, in Indonesia, 
These poor men, even as we... They could be listening to this programme now, up the tree. Cling on, boys, cling on, for goodness sake. You've got tigers sitting under the tree. You don't want to risk anything at all, do you? It's LBC 97.3. It's Monday morning. I know you don't want to hear that. All right, I'll tell a fib. It's Friday. OK, it's Friday today. Way weekend. Love it, love it, love it. So it's Monday, and at least you've got Andy Murray on the front of every single paper. And at least he takes good photo. And so now it will be, I think, a rise, Sir Andy. Well, that's what the male reckon, and everybody else... Saying the same, and of hope and glory, they say, and it's a play on Andy. Okay, I don't have to explain it to everybody. Uh, we're back to the other side of the news at five. If you have joined us, it's LBC ninety-seven point three. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast Monday morning. Come on, up, up, up. LBC ninety-seven point three. Text eight four eight five zero. Tweet at LBC nine seven three. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Hot. Hot, as Vicky just said. Another hot day. If you're not prepared for it, my advice is, if you're going on a train or, or a bus, take a bottle of water with you. I promise you. You can go and but you can fill up your little water thing. You can go to most places, probably go into any of the, uh, any of the coffee houses. They can fill that up with cold water for me. Well, they should do that, shouldn't they? I've seen everybody buy coffee, so can you put some cold water in that? That's what I'd be asking them to do. We went to a pub the other day. When we went to the King's Head... Uh, just down near Epping. We wanted ice in the drinks. Their ice machine had broken. Why is it ice machines don't function when it's hot? It's very difficult, but I mean, I always bring a bottle of water. I've got a bottle of water here with me now, and it's it's Scottish, Scottish mountain water. Well, that's what it says. I mean, I don't know where it's come from. It might not, but uh, it's particularly delicious. But if you are going, if you're sitting in the car as well, although we went, we got hit, really hit by the sunshine on Saturday down in Essex, and so I left a bottle of water on the front of the car, you know, on the ledge there. When I got back, it was so hot, I couldn't, I could have showered in it. It was so hot, it literally was boiling, it was practically boiling in the bottle. But my advice today is, because it's going to be hot, and if you're one of these people who gets hot and bothered, A, make sure you've got a hanky on you so you can mop down, OK? And secondly, bottle of water. Always very useful. I don't like to sort of keep saying to people, take a bottle of water. But it's absolutely, it saved my life on more than one occasion. More than one occasion. We're sitting on a train and the air can, I got on a bus the other day. And I swear to God, the heating was on. I'm sure the driver sits there. I've been like, to put the heating up. 80 degrees, I'll make you sweat. Because I sat there thinking, this thing's pumping out heat. I know on some of the new Boris buses, which I haven't quite fathomed out, I understand. I know what it is, it's a bus, I can quite see that. But now we're wasting more money, so expect the fares to go up any time soon. Because now they've stuck a conductor on the back of it. So you've now got a conductor on the back of the bus, and it's all open. Some of them seem to sort of swing round on the pole, which is what we used to do as kids years ago before they stopped us doing it. Little Julie had a lovely day out in town yesterday. On my recommendation, she, uh, she bought one of those historic royal palaces cards and went out there. And then I bumped it. Oh, well, I look quite good, actually, there. And uh, in the sunshine, no hat on, you'll notice. No hat. Well, I say you'll notice. You haven't seen it. But uh, she's probably put it up on Twitter, I should imagine. But very interesting that, uh, you know, you bump into somebody in the middle of nowhere. And in fact, we actually watched Tower Bridge going up for the first time. I've never seen it go up. We saw a big boat there. It was like a Mississippi paddle steamer. And so they raised it. Oh, I've got up fast. Wow, really, really good. And we all sat there watching it in the sunshine. And then we walked to St Catherine's Dock. And then on the way back, it's where we bumped into little Julie. We had a very, very nice time. And uh, went to see all, you know, the things, the armoury and the white... It's a, it's a great day. And I said, the good thing about joining historic royal palaces, which gets you into, I think, five palaces, is you can go again and again and again and again. You don't just go once in the year. You can go every single day if you want. And you don't have to pay. Once you've bought your, your membership, and it's worth, it's worth, it's worth mentioning. 
you know, that it is extremely good value. Uh, here's a picture of poor old Wayne Rooney's hair. I'm saying, wouldn't it be easier if he just put a hat on or something? You know, he spent, was it £30,000 on, on, on nothing? On nothing, on having, you know, it looks like somebody's dusted it with icing sugar or something, but in the wrong colour. And that's supposed to be a hair transfer. It looked better the first time he had it done, but now it doesn't. Perhaps it's just not taken. I mean, I don't know, you know, how it, I would never, ever have a hair transplant or take minoxidil or anything like that. I think, you know, if, if you're going to lose your hair, let your hair go. All you've got to do is keep it cut short, neat, tidy. You know, some people, you know, if they think they're maybe losing their hair, they sort of grow it a bit and then they won't have it cut. But, you, could, you know, as the sun shines through it, you know, it becomes a little bit reflective. So you have to, you have to sort of look at it properly, I think, and just make sure that, um, that you keep your hair, especially in this weather. Oh, in this weather, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, 84850, the Gaza case would be a good time to refuse NHS treatment for repeated self-inflicted damage. Um... Well, I don't think he's doing it on the NHS, is he? I don't think... Um, I don't think he's actually doing it on the NHS. The last time he went for uh, for the treatment, it was in America, wasn't it? They, they paid this £30,000. Uh, somebody says, I agree with you regarding shorts. Not a good look. I hate seeing other bus drivers in shorts. <laughs> 84850, steve at uk. How's your diabetes? I remember two years ago you saying you got it. Well, I've had it for a bit, bit longer than that. A little bit longer. But of course, the, the only thing that... I mean, yeah, the diabetes is fine. You know, we sort of trundle along with that. The only thing that I can't work with is the fact that because my thyroid's not working, so I'm on this levothyroxine, it doesn't make any difference. I can still sweat for the country. I can still absolutely sweat for the country because I can't control my body temperature. So middle of winter, I could be sitting there with the air conditioning on. I'm quite happy with that. I don't have any uh, any problem at all. I like sitting there with the air conditioning. In fact, I live in air conditioning. I live in air... I can't imagine... When we were on the bus yesterday, it was so hot going out to Tower Bridge. I mean, it really was very, very hot. And I was thinking, I'm sure on some of the, uh, those early route masters, you could, route masters, you could wind the window down at the front and you'd get the draft blowing on. Why they haven't thought of that? I've got no idea. Have it on a handle, wind it down, and then the draft comes through the bus because there's no, there's no air conditioning, is there, at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's a great shame. It's a great shame. Got some really good stories for the free podcast for today. Some really good stories, including, of course, the ridiculously stupid Kerry Kirktoner. And uh, her now slagging off the payday loan company that dropped her because she's declared herself bankrupt from the second time. She's also apparently put her wedding on hold because, you know, I can't afford it. I'm going to have to downsize and I'm paying back. Well, you know, you've earned the money, dear. I hate people who sort of, you know, like you, you know, you, you then put yourself in, into bankruptcy because you can't be bothered to do what the rest of the country have to do, which is pay. You have to pay. It's like Abu Qatada's family who are claiming benefits. You think, why can't you? Get, what's the matter with you? Are you disabled or something? Get out there and work. Finally got rid of him. Perhaps we can get rid of the old family. That'd be quite. That'd be quite nice, actually. That'd be quite. Oh, that's a good picture. I look quite good there, actually. Not good. I'm, I was getting really hot yesterday. Really burnt. But I'd be little ice cream. Look at me, little corn. Corn it. I'm holding me little corn because the bottom bit had broken off. And he said, "Do you want me to give you that?" I said, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can cope." And do you know what? What there is now. Little girls of ten, according to the paper today, are skipping breakfast because they think that they're fat. They think that they're fat. And so they don't... I don't think they do that at all. I think they, they skip breakfast and so they could stay in bed a bit longer. They do being fat. 
I mean, I see some little fat children in the morning in Starbucks, and there's always the little fat girl who's quite clearly got more money than anybody else. And you can imagine the rest of the family are fat too. And she's there, and all her friends are watching with envy. She has the thing with the swirly cream, and then they drivel all that other stuff, and they give it to her. And they're all like, oh, oh, Rebecca, you've got a ring. Oh. And she's sort of, you know, sucking it up so her hips get even fatter, and they sit by the bus stop, and then she gets a fag out. Yeah, because I'm rich and I, like, you know, can afford a, a, one of those Starbucks thingies. A friend of mine had one the other day, which was just ice with a bit of, I don't know what it was, it was some sort of chai tea latte or so. They make it sound quite posh, don't they? I don't believe he's ever seen a tea bag in its entire life. I never looked these things out. It just looked like a fruit thing with some ice in it, which they crush. Which reminds me, actually, just we, when we went to uh, the market on Saturday, what was the biggest thing being sold? Slush. If you don't know what slush is, it's that coloured stuff that's like ice, crushed ice, but with colours in it, and it's ludicrously with, with flavours. It's got things like, you know, simply cherry, banana, pina colada. And there was one guy, 20 different flavours, and we paid pound fifty for a, a cup. The profits must be huge on it. But it was just the thing you needed when you're walking around. Of course, what you do, you get brain freeze. If you had that, you know, when you, you'd say, well, I, d- I never thought it was brain freeze. I just get the roof of my mouth, which is like, oh, my God, it hurts so much. There's the ice on it. But then I think Sharon got brain freeze. Well, I've never had that. Have you had brain freeze? Most of this programme, by the look of it. And um, <laughs> it's in a compound with huge security. I bet she blooming well does. There's a woman with history, ladies and gentlemen, talking about, you know, nobody knows Nelson as well as I do. Well, darling, you didn't spend many years together. He was in prison for most of it. And when he came out, you weren't exactly the best thing for him, were you? Uh, don't fade away. Still proving they are the best. The Rolling Stones. And uh, 65,000 people. They're not going to fade away any time soon. I didn't see them, but I'm assuming they'll bring out a DVD, won't they? He was wearing a very similar outfit to the dress he wore in 1969. But then again, they were like freaky people. He's so middle class now. And so he's put on this thing. It makes him look... It's a bit like a butcher's apron, but with sort of a gathered-in waist. I don't know where he gets his energy from. I really don't. What is he, 68-something, 70-something? Whatever it is, he has got... Boundless energy, absolutely boundless energy. Jumps at the rest of them look like they're embalmed, but I mean, he looks like he's got loads and loads of energy. So today, because the temperature is going to be up, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is in a moment, because Mary says, I was in the garden and I thought my foot was feeling a bit damp from what I thought was a spilt drink. I kicked off my crock to find I've been sharing it with a slug. I don't have any slugs in my pots. They're all dead. I've managed to kill them all. I feel very very pleased about that. Very pleased. Um, greetings from a very hot and clammy man, Chesterford. Where else but your show could you hear the words cliff, semi and size nines in a couple of minutes? Heaven only knows what somebody tuning in late made of it. I have to agree with you, says Paul, being seen by the press as the face of an inspiration for all the winners of medals at the Olympics. Uh, Mr Photo Opportunity himself. Uh, the very sad Davy boy. Yes, this is, um, you know, I want... Oh, I don't know. I just I just don't want David Beckham to sort of start pushing all these poor women down. That's, of course we know he can win. He's an athlete. My advice was earlier on on the programme, just, you know, just make sure that you let somebody else win for a change, Dave. You know, because it's a bit rude otherwise, really, isn't it? Anyway, he will no doubt be credited as being the person who single-handedly helped Andy to victory. And yes, he could have let somebody else win at the sports day. A much better photo opportunity, surely. But hey, mate, at least Pete and Toss Toss weren't there with him. I mean, that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? But then you can't take Peter Andre to something like that. 
You can't. I mean, there's no no point in taking Peter Andre to Wimbledon. Have you noticed? You never see him at that. I bet Toss Toss would love to go if she thought there was going to be. If we can we sit in the Victoria Beckham? Hi, I'm Peter's girlfriend Ems. Yes, Toss 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 Toss. <laughs> Victoria Beckham and Ada, like the rest of the world. Uh, so I agree with you. I agree with you. But I don't know how you're coping up there with the heat. We're, we're, we're just about coping down here. Just about coping. But uh, the good news is that in our competition today, the gadget giveaway, it is a... We gave away a Google laptop on Friday. Today, it's a fantastic Weber Q120 gas barbecue. It's only a Weber barbecue. It's very nice indeed. It's very classy. And if you answer this question correctly, it could be yours, because the competition finishes at 6.30 this morning. Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and you send it to 84850. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across... The LBC Network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. And good luck, because it's a, it's a nice prize. And if it, it saves you having to go out and start trawling around to try and find a barbecue. You don't want to do things like that. I can offer it to you this morning for the price of a, for the price of a, a phone call. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, you just described a woman as being 31 inches old, says Lorenzo. 30, what did I say she was? 31 inches old. I think it could be 31 inches old, an inch a year. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Jeremy says, I have my TiVo box to listen when I've fallen asleep before I can listen. Uh, no, it's not a text. It's about any subject. I had to say thank you for putting a smile on my face every morning. Yeah, all right, and push it. Things like that, honestly. Front page of every papers. I, ca- I cannot take away the glory from uh, Andy Murray. I cannot... Ah, now, wait a minute. I was out with a friend of mine yesterday... And Dynamo's manager phoned while we... I'm sorry, did I, did I name drop that? Wait a minute. Dynamo's manager phoned, and apparently there's going to be a story in the sun today uh, because Chris Angel in America... I, wonder if it, I can't find it. I wonder if they held it for something else. Um, Chris Angel in America has slagged off Dynamo, saying he's nicked his act. Which, of course, is ridiculous. I mean, Chris Angel slags everybody off. I've seen Chris Angel's little show in Vegas. It's quite nice, but it ain't nothing special. He's quite clearly a very middle-class boy who's gone and pretended he's all street cred, which he probably isn't. 17 minutes past five. <laughs> Apparently all the neighbours of Abacadada want the family kicked out. Don't we all want the family kicked out? Why are they on benefits? Why are they on benefits? They've contributed nothing to this country. Let's take it away from them. Uh, more on Saatchi. Nigella didn't stand by me. I'm divorcing him. What a horrible man he is, honestly. Small, I bet every woman ever is going, I'm so glad I'm not married to him. I mean, the fact he's filthy rich, of course, might have said, but she's also very, very successful. But uh, I think she'll do so much better without him. Why do people stay with people like that? Coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari today as Murray becomes the first Brit in 77 years. Count them to win at Wimbledon. Nick will be asking, what does that mean for the future of tennis? Plus... As it's revealed, Prince William plans to hold his wife's hand during the birth of their child. Oh, God, that'll be useful. Oh, it's just going to be awful, isn't it? Let go! Let go of the hand! They could be asking, how helpful is it when a man's in the delivery room? I can't wait to hear this one. This is going to go so well. Paper reviewer today, George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun, and now a partner at Portland Communications, will be alive in the studio. But, I mean, you can't, uh, you can't fail but notice it's Andy Murray's day. It's Andy Murray's day. You might as well enjoy it. Absolutely enjoy it. Because it was just sensational. It was so good. People inside, outside the set. He didn't even look as though he was sweating in the heat. 
He didn't even look as though he was sweating. But he noticed at Wimbledon, they walk them around, they tell them what to do, they tell, you know, stop here, wave to the people out on the balcony, hold the thing up aloft, OK, back inside, don't touch him, leave him alone. OK, walk through here, leave him, I told you, leave him alone. Uh, walk around here, and that's, and it was, it was brilliant. It was so, so good. So, so good. Um... More on the uh, Katie Hopkins, who dominated Duncan Barks' programme after she was talking about... She wouldn't let her children at school play with anybody called Chardonnay or Chantel or any of those chavy names which come out now. And then I think um, she was on this morning, I think, with Holly Willoughby and with Philip Schofield, and they were feigning, you know, shock. and everything. They must have read it. They can't be that stupid. They must have read the blooming thing. And then they book her to appear on the programme, and then they have to pretend to be to be shocked. But they weren't that shocked because they're not they're not actors or actresses. They just sort of they just sort of did it, and uh, it was. And then apparently she had some so many million hits on YouTube. I think not that I think it makes any difference. Oh, we got a birthday today. I knew we had a birthday today, and I, I didn't didn't want to mention it earlier on because I know that they're going to be up uh, at twenty five. They better be up at twenty five past five. Definitely better be up, and it's uh, it's Bryn and Annie all the way over there in La Belle France, and uh, they are actually when they when Wimbledon was on, they were up in a place called is it uh, Benoday in Brittany, at the summer house of Annie's sister Margaret and brother-in-law, Ewan, celebrating their fifty-sixth wedding anniversary. Their fifty-sixth wedding anniversary, and uh, we're told it was baking hot on Centre Court, and we recall. Uh, with joy, the day that we spliced it on the 6th of July, 1957. The newspaper headline was 100 degrees at Wimbledon, men's single final. Uh, the 300 guests sweltered in our little Welsh chapel and the ties and collars of the men's morning suits got drenched with perspiration and changed colour. So they got back yesterday evening and the barometer in their terrace was 40 degrees or 106 degrees in old money. So we crashed out and cooled down under some electric fans. Now, today, Annie celebrates her 81st birthday. And as I'm only 79, says Bryn, I'm her toy boy for two years, too old and too, too tired to chase around the kitchen and do what we did 56 years ago. The brain is willing, but the body keeps asking daft questions as to what would I do with her if I caught her? Do you know, what do you know, he says, I can't blooming well remember. It's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. So anyway, he says, hope you had a, a great weekend. We know you're not madly keen on tennis and neither are we, but we must congratulate our new Wimbledon champion and send him our warmest congrats. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, I agree with that. It was, I mean, it did reduce me to tears. But then, I mean, I, I cry at the price of, uh, price of Kentucky Fried Chicken, so I might as well cry. What did we get the other day? We didn't go, that's right, we didn't go on the river because it was, it was, um, it was a lot of money. It was £12, I think, to go down to Grand. I thought, no, it's too much money, too much money. So I didn't do that. And I, and I was going to buy some fish and chips, but it looked a bit disastrous at Tower Hill. The ice cream van must have been making a roaring trade. If you've been doing slush up there, you could have, you could have sold out many, many, many times over. And at £1.50, you could have taken thousands, I would have thought, yesterday. But then I think, well, perhaps, you know, by the time the weather turns, and it will turn, they won't be making any money at all. But anyway, back to uh, Annie. Celebrating her 81st birthday today. Many, many, many happy returns. And I know that uh, lots of our listeners will send you the warmest of wishes to both of you. And continued long life. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, happy return. I don't know what you're going to be doing today. and this well, You've probably got the same heat over there as we have over here. And I can't function on it, so I don't know what you're like. If I could sit outside... I, I kept, when I sat down the other day, we went on the bus... 
uh, all the way to the Tower of London. And I was looking at the bus shelter thinking, why can't they fit a fan in the top of the bus shelter, which is solar-powered, which just blows... You know, I mean, how difficult would that be to do? Not a difficult thing, just a fan that works on solar power. Big one. You put a big solar panel up there. And then when you're sitting actually at the bus shelter, you know, at least you're getting air blowing over you. Not difficult. I mean, even even cheap cars in this day and age have, you know, air condi... What do you want? Do you want a strawberry? You all right? Oh, no, OK. Just, just checking. Oh, OK. Right. Came and started peering round. What's going on here? <laughs> so, actually, I was looking at jewellery, actually. I was looking at your jewellery a minute, uh, Vicky. And I was just looking at yours because on Coronation Street, some of the oh. girls... Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, no, no. Some of the girls are wearing jewellery, but they've been tweeting about, oh, I'm wearing my lovely jewellery. I'm watching it in this... You know, you can see me wearing it in this programme. And Coronation Street have said, oh, we use all sorts of jewellery. I'm thinking, no, this whole thing's getting out of hand now. People get given free jewellery. I mean, I'm wearing... I've had to pay for all my outfit today because, believe you me, if they'd given them away free, they wouldn't give away... This rubbish. But uh, but they're all wearing it, and the, the actresses concerned have said, oh no, we had, don't, don't have any comments. And I'm thinking, because you've been given something free, and you're wearing it, and you're tweeting that you could be seen wearing it. This wasn't free. It wasn't free, no. I paid for it. I know, I can tell. It's very expensive. <laughs> don't, like, don't find stuff like that around Camden Market, I'm telling you. That's come from somewhere up market. Theo Fennel, something like that. <laughs> anyway, right, uh, Michael Parkinson again, and he's talking about prostate cancer. He's 78. He used to present on LBC years ago. In fact, his son, uh, Andy, used to work on the sports desk at LBC. And Michael joined us uh, to do our morning programme. The ironic thing was that when he joined, as we celebrate our 40th year in the business, uh, he joined us and then we we discovered he had a contract to go to Australia. So the company had spent all this money on the side of buses. Michael Parkinson on LBC. Michael Parkinson on LBC. Join him weekdays from 10 o'clock. For four weeks, he was off in Australia. So we had all these buses going around saying Michael Parkinson on LBC. And there was no Michael Parkinson. But they came up with this unique thing, which was they didn't want to say somebody's name. So as opposed to saying, oh, next we go to Mary in Walton-on-Thames, they go, line three. So the people at the other end of the road had to remember what line they were. So you'd have to, he'd go, line three. And you'd hear a little voice going, is that me? You go, well, I don't, are you line three? I don't know, nobody told me. <laughs> you just have this thing where it all... In there, they went back to names. It was so much simpler. It's LBC 97.3, and the time now is 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I said to Vicky, I said, Andy Murray could make £200 million in his career. I said, I think I'm going to take tennis up at the end of this programme. He picked up £1.6 million the other day. For being with, and, and I can't remember, do the women still earn less than the men? Oh, it's the same now, is it? But, <coughs> these terrible noises emanating. But, I mean, it was so good yesterday. Even if you weren't a Wimbledon fan, and I'm not a Wimbledon fan, I, I couldn't really give a stuff either way. I'm really not bothered. You can't fail to be moved by somebody who is so thrilled. And after 77 years, I mean, what a great accolade to take home. And you, you know, you look at his uh, his girlfriend and everybody else. It was just it's what it's what we do, and we and when it when it comes together, it really works. It really makes you it makes you feel proud. It makes for, I felt so proud for all the people of Dunblane because that's where he comes from and he trained up there. And you think just, they were so thrilled as well. When he goes back up there, you know, they're going to be like bringing out the bunting for that one. That'll be a bit of, but that's probably the only bit of bunting they've had in Dunblane in a, quite a while on a brass band and everything. But it was just great to watch everybody write. You know, when you see that, it, it must be like, 
I don't know, I can't think of, of, of what it would be like for that person. You know, the, so many emotions, you know, when he sort of fell, fell to the ground. I fell to the ground, too. I fell, to, I, was, I fell in front of the television. I went, oh, God, for that. Give me another wine. And, and it, was, it, it was just good. It just made you feel good. And I was, on the, I was texting to people, and I, I tweeted as well, which shows, shows how much it must have affected me, because I just don't, I don't do that kind of thing. You know, I don't worry about football or anything else. But when we, we do something that we haven't done for 77 years, then, uh, then that's, you know, that's, that's a very special day. He'll never relive that moment again, will he? You're never going to get that kind of euphoria. It was literally all the courts came to a standstill, and everybody was clapping, all the alleyways. Sue Barker was saying all, all the alleyways. Look, they're all full of people clapping and waving. And, of course, everybody now takes pictures, because everybody's got mobile phones. People taking pictures. Can you sign this? Yeah, and a squiggle as he walks through, clapping people's hands. And it was just, just absolutely brilliant. So congratulations to him. He'll be waking up this morning, and his head will still be throbbing, and, and um, well, it'll be just... Fantastic. Um, apparently, uh, the only way is Essex cast members have asked for a pay rise. They're going to be removed, they've said now, and uh, to cut costs and keep it profitable. I don't know how they can actually... What do you mean, keep it profitable? It didn't cost anything. Josephine Essex, Joey Essex to his friends, uh, is still the buffoon. Uh, the nasty Fahir's sisters, because they really are nasty, but then it kind of runs in the family. Uh, Lucy Crybaby Mecklenburg. Another idiot of the First Order. Then there's uh, a bloke who she went out with who's covered in tattoos, who's got his girlfriend pregnant and he's only 21. So, real class act there, love. Well done. And who else is in it? Oh, Maria Fowler, who's just, just called her trouble, shall we, for the purposes of this programme, was in all the papers. People saying I was a high-class escort girl and all this kind of stuff. But uh, she is trouble. She's quite clearly got one or two issues with, uh, quite clearly, one or two people. Pippa, Pippa Middleton was at Wimbledon as well. You can't keep a girl down when she thinks it's a photo opportunity. And after the failure of her first book, Celebrate, they say she's now going to uh, write a, a racy novel. Oh, dear. Nothing worse than an attention seeker, is there? Uh, Ollie Murs is now very intertwined with Robbie Williams. I cut a picture out of the paper the other week looking at it. Ollie Murs looks young, fit. Robbie Williams just looked like this fat old bloke who was sweating a lot. Wasn't a good look, but I've had it for years myself. Uh, Katie Price denies she warbles on a leaked track with ex-Peter Andre because she's done far better than that. Well, she was doing one of her dreary uh, interviews. You know, Ka Katie Price comes out of the shadows or something to give an interview. Like, anybody cares? Nobody cares. Um, well, Kerry Katona's bankruptcy won't stop her dream winning because you just have to chase happiness. Shame that, uh, again, poor old Nellie Sean probably gets things wrong because she said in the Sunday paper she wasn't going to be having a dream winning. I don't care. The woman's a bankrupt. I want her out that house straight away where she's living. She's oh, draining all my money and I've taken the kids out of private school. It was a ridiculous love. How can you honestly put them in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in private school, for goodness sake? I mean, what sort of cloud cuckoo land are you living on? Um, do you remember the boy the other week who was uh, booted out of class for having a David Beckham hairstyle? Well, everybody says exactly the same as I did. This is about the smartest looking hairstyle I've ever seen. Ridiculous. And then somebody has said from South East London, they've written into the Metro, if a hairstyle's good enough for David Beckham, it's good enough for anybody, especially the pompous stuff shirts at Nottingham Academy. Well, I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, also, I could understand it if this was like a Mohican or multicolour. It's just a normal hairstyle. Admittedly, the poor boy wearing it's slightly effeminate. But, uh, you know, it's a David Beckham sort of haircut. I don't know what qualifies as a David Beckham. I mean, I'm sporting a David Beckham hairstyle. It's just you can't tell. One of his early styles where he shaved it all off. And, uh, and somebody's written here 
And this is somebody via Facebook, and one of these, you know, you can imagine little old moaning Mary here, only called Ian. Most schools have rules governing hair colours and styles. It's impossible to say which was infringed, as the story doesn't cover it, but those rules are published, so it won't have been an accidental infringement. Kurt Hallam's parents would have known about the school's policy and should have ensured his hairstyle conformed. Oh, you dreary old woman, honestly. Nothing the matter with it. It looks absolutely perfect. It's neatly styled. Loads of people have coloured hair. Girls have coloured hair. Don't want to go to Nottingham, do you? Oh. And i tell you the other thing you don't want to do either. You don't want to go playing football in Brazil. The reason you don't want to go playing football in Brazil is because the, an angry mob of football fans uh, went on to the pitch because they decided to confront the, the referee. He can't have known what was going to happen. Uh, this is uh, Josinier dos Santos Ibru. And he, he'd made a decision which the fans didn't agree with, so they invade the pitch. Nothing but nothing could have actually... And I apologise if you're... Yeah, he'd, well, he killed a player, didn't he, with a knife? Yeah, but I mean, probably accidental. Probably ran into it a few times. Anyway, the, uh, the, the people came onto the pitch, they cut his legs off, and then they beheaded him and stuck his head on a spike. This is in Brazil. Don't ever play the Brazilians. They're mad as fruit bats. Mad as fruit bats. A gruesome video posted on the internet shows medical staff examining his reassembled corpse on a hospital bed. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? This actually happened on June the 30th. They've just released details now. Don't play football in Brazil. Don't play football in Brazil. Don't go anywhere near them. They're mad. Mad, 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 I'm afraid. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And there's also a, lo- a lovely... I had to laugh at it, actually. It's a brothel who've had to pay money to the family of a prostitute who fell out of a window... So she falls out of a window while she was having, you know, what people go in there for, not a cup of tea. And um, and so the, the brothel, we're not paying for it. So the family took him to court. It's taken five years. They finally managed to get 60 grand out of them. This, this woman's paralysed. Well, I have to be honest, I mean, don't have sex near open windows. It's been a bit of an embarrassment, isn't it? Billy Crystal. Oh, we like Billy Crystal. We like Billy Crystal a lot. He was a, a very, very good in conversation for me. Next week, as I say, for Sunday, I know I'm mentioning it to you on Monday, but next week it's going to be Bradley Walsh, who was excellent, and Richard Maidley, but this week it's Robson Green, Les McEwen from the Bay City Rollers, uh, Samantha Janus, as was, now Samantha Womack, and of course from Pie in the Sky and from East Enders, Tina Hobley, Denise Lewis. God, I've lost track of how many people there are this week. I'll be on medication by the time we get to, to Friday. Uh, solar-powered fans for bus stops in the UK, for whom? The yobs to wreck. Well, they won't be able to wreck it, will they? They won't be able to wreck it. All they'll have to do is is just put the fan in the ceiling. People don't know, I don't know what area you come from, but ours, uh, ours are just very, very good. Uh, please warn me before you do tennis noises again. I've just spilt my tea. Thank you. Uh, Andy Murray's the first British male winner at Wimbledon. If you've got Virginia Wade in 77, says John, the bus driver in Romford. Don't be a pedant, for goodness sake. Pauline Guildford and says, I went to the Dorchester Grill Saturday. Lovely meal. Right, OK. Oh, was that fat bird in there? Oh, dear me. Uh, absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. But she does eat a lot. You should have tapped her on the shoulder and said, you need to cut down. And with all the mass hysteria, says John, surrounded the Wimbledon win by a Scottish national being proudly touted around England as the first British Wimbledon winner, surely... The honour belongs 100% to Dunblane and Scotland. Get real. No, no, it's us. It's us. We're all part of the great big melot. You quite clearly are racist and you don't like the Scots or the... You probably don't like the Irish, do you? You see, I look at it all as being British. He's British as far as I'm concerned. I've heard his voice. He should not talk like that. 
Oh, that was a dreadful accent. I don't know why I bothered with that one. I don't know where that one was coming from, I'm afraid. Oh, and it was also very sad, wasn't it? Lewis Hamilton has uh, split from Nicole Scherzinger. There's a surprise. Not really. And um, apparently his whole world is upside down. Oh, there you go. Well, come off your head then and just sort of come into the real world with us. Uh, Rihanna. Oh, dreadful. Don't ever book tickets to go and see her in concert. She was rubbish. Niall Rogers. Uh, is over in the country at the moment. I could have, I could have done him actually the other week. And he comes from my generation of disco. You know, he was uh, front man for Chic. Freak out! <laughs> anyway, I suddenly realised I'm showing my age by knowing some of these songs, but uh, I like it. Anyway, so so you know, poor old Nicole Scherzinger. She's off doing her own thing now because she's going to be a, a big celebrity. And apparently, kids are drinking earlier and earlier. Now they're saying in the papers today that at the age of 10, people are drinking. Don't be so ridiculous. Only if their parents are alcoholics. You know, you're not going to be drinking any other time soon, are you? And um, this is the largest ever tablet. It's 27 inches. It comes at a price of 1499 And so somebody's pictured here. They say people could start carrying them around. I don't think so. You know, if, if you want a tablet, you get an iPad or you get uh, the, the iPad Mini or the Samsung or something like that. This one, is, it's like carrying around a television set. Imagine sitting on the train with someone. They go, what are you doing? How stupid do you have to be? How stupid do you have to be? 84850, steve at Don't forget in our gadget giveaway, we're giving away a wonderful gas barbecue so you can grill to your heart's content. My family went out the other day and they, had, they went to this fantastic place in Wapping. I've got to find out what it's called. It sounds brilliant. And they had pasta, but with salmon and a creamy sauce. It sounded delicious. It sounded delicious. But if you're going down to the, uh, the King's Head near Epping, when you have the chicken pie with ham and leek, do check, lift the top off and see if it's got any ham and leek in it, because mine never did. Anyway, um, uh, Lajput from Southall. Uh, knew that Ankara was the capital of Turkey on Friday and got the Google laptop. Today, it's the gas barbecue. Grill away to your heart's content. You'll love it. So you will win the Weber Q120 gas barbecue. It's very nice. It is, really. It's very, very nice indeed. And all you need to know is the answer to this question to get your hands on it if you're pulled out of the hat. Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Which actress played Geraldine Granger in the Vicar of Dibley. To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Two pieces in the Sunday papers. I've saved them for my free podcast, and it's looking at, um, at the Rolling Stones and the man that they forgot, Brian, who died. you remember? Two women in two opposing Sunday papers, both saying they were having relationships with him and saying how disgraceful it was that the Rolling Stones just airbrushed him from history. This is Brian Jones, the death of. And they said that they, uh, they couldn't wait to get back on tour and so he'd left the group. And so the thing for that, they just went back on tour and just airbrushed him out of history. And they were complaining in the papers, saying it was a cover-up, it was this, it was that. It's disgraceful, they've never said anything. And, but, and, and I thought... I'm going to save that for my free podcast because it's very interesting what they're saying. Very interesting. So that'll be coming up a little bit later on this morning. And here is somebody here. This is Eugene O'Regan. He's outside King's Cross Station in London. What's he done that's upset them? I'll tell you in a moment. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
Ferrari and the team with you after the news at seven this morning as Murray becomes the first Brit in 77 years to win at Wimbledon. Nick will be asking what does that mean for the future of tennis? Plus, as it's revealed, Prince William plans to hold his wife's hand during the birth of their child next week. Nick will be sort of going along the lines of how helpful is it when a man's in the delivery room? The answer is probably worth more trouble than he's worth. Uh, George Pascoe Watson is looking at the papers this morning. He's the former political editor at The Sun and now a partner at Portland Communications. So anyway, so why do they want him out? This is uh, Eugene O'Regan and Dean Wilson. Uh, What they do is they have a, a stall... In fact, the stall is uh, outside King's Cross. It's been there. I mean, you know, a stall has existed since 1905. But the kiosk, once the first stop for Fleet Street reporters seeking their rivals' first editions, could disappear. Network Rail are creating a plaza as part of a £500 million renovation. Now, it could mean the newspaper sellers Eugene O'Regan and Dean Wilson lose their historic spots. Dean's family's been running the kiosk since 69, since he was a little boy. And I've been here, said Mr O'Regan, since 92. We used to serve all the main publishers their first editions, the Mail, the Mirror, News International, and the pair have been told to leave by October the 19th. But they've said they're going to fight it all the way. We are prepared to go as high as the European court to save the kiosk. What they're doing is jeopardising every isolated pitch in the country. Individual pitches are the basis of London. They want to clear us out now for just another corporate chain. Well, do you know, I was horrified. When I went to St Catherine's Dock, and I wish them well, incidentally, with this, because it's places like that where you go in the early morning to go and pick up your papers. But we go to St Catherine's Dock the other day, and uh, we had a very nice lunch, walking back, looking at some of the big ships. I always, I always love it down there, because you get people sitting on their yachts in the marina in bikinis. You think, don't you think you should be out at sea or something, you know? So we're just sitting in a marina, you look a bit, look a bit stupid. Anyway, so we're, we're sort of looking at that, and this, this is a nice bit, and he goes in to this, uh, to this Starbucks, and he comes out, and he goes, can you believe it? This building, which is housing Starbucks, was built... So that the Queen, this was, you know, to commemorate the Queen opening St Catherine's Dock. He said, it's now been turned into a Starbucks. I said, well, that's the trouble in London. You know, if in doubt, open up another thing that doesn't pay very much tax. You know, although now they have decided to pay a little bit. Thank God, about time. And so they're all over the place. Because you come out of this Starbucks, you walk round the corner, there's another blooming Starbucks. It's like world domination, isn't it? But mind you, it's not bad if you can be in a country where you don't really have to pay that much. I wish I could get myself into that situation of not paying too much tax. What do I have to do to not pay too much tax? Can I get that? I don't know. I can't perhaps be an ice cream man. Because that, that'd be good, wouldn't it? That's all cash. You know, you don't find people going, and I make the cheque payable to whom? Because if you're buying ice creams now, they're like two or three quid for a squirty thing. You know, pfft, pulling the handle down. You want a flake in that? Pound extra. And uh, crushed nuts. You want to... And, um, and so they sort of... And so before you know where you are, if you bought three, three ice creams, you're looking at sort of like nine pounds. I'm surprised people haven't said, I've got, I've got my checkbook here, I'll write it out. What would they do if you, if you, if you sort of said, I'm not going to buy it now? Nine pounds, you're having a laugh for three ice creams, which cost about a penny each or something to make. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he must be doing a roaring trade. If I'd done slush yesterday, although Paul in Manchester used to sell slush, he said the proper American slush puppy, as opposed to the many imitations, like Coke and Pepsi, comes in a concentrate, which is very sweet, thick and syrupy. How does it turn itself into the into the pearlised thing? Is it do you put it through something and then it becomes pearlised and then because it's not it's not like crushed ice, it's like little tiny round bits if you look at it. It looks like frog spawn. 
I know it's not, but it looks a bit like that. But he says if you didn't sell the quota they set you, they could take the machine out, very much like a Camelot terminal. Yes, I think what they would do is they would supply you with the machine for free, provided you were going to be... It's like all these people who sell that kind of stuff. He said you had to buy the straws, the cups and the lids from them too. The markup was, as you suspected, huge. My abiding memory of it was the fact that if you didn't immediately wipe up any you'd accidentally spilt, you'd soon see a little army of ants stoically climbing to the top of the machine to feast on the syrup. Dreadful and not good for you. In reply to you asking how we're coping in the heat, not well. Sadly, Dad had a fall the other week, so at the moment he's sleeping in my single bed in the dining room as he can't do stairs, and yours truly kipping on the leather sofa in the lounge, and due to the heat I'm waking up welded to it. Not ideal, but following the events of the last few months, still better than it could have been. Tam Payton was the roller's manager. Yes, I used to have a leather settee, and you'd wake up stuck to it. You'd have to peel your skin off it. Oh, it was terrible. I can still remember that now. I can remember that quite vividly, quite vividly. Uh, what else have we got this morning? Let's quickly have a check, bring you up to date on all these uh, texts. I didn't do the weather, but I, d- I feel I don't need to this morning because I've told you it's going to be good. And I can confirm that the high today, at the moment, 16 degrees. <sighs> yuck, yuck, yuck. 27 degrees is the high. So I'm off to uh, Hampton Court Flower Show today. With uh, with two prize winners, well, one prize winner and a friend, and uh, I shall spend a bit of time there with them, and then they can wander off to themselves and go and buy or do whatever you do. It's press day today, so it's not open to the public, but uh, it is open to people who've uh, who've got tickets. I think for the, there's an evening preview as well that we're we're doing this morning, which is going to be quite nice because by the time it gets to lunchtime, the heat might be too unbearable for me. Twenty seven degrees it'll climb to, so double it and add thirty approximately. Gives you 54, 84 degrees today. Ugh. Ugh. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, tonight, clear. A few mispatches forming. Warm in town, minimum 14. And tomorrow, another hot and sunny day. Up again, I'm afraid. 28 degrees. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Warm or very warm each day. Cloudier Wednesday. Then increasing amounts of sunshine from Thursday onwards. But this week, it's going to be lovely. Oh, sounds so horrible, doesn't it? I absolutely can't, can't bear it, I'm afraid. Jeff says, whilst I'm happy that an athlete from the British Isles won Wimbledon, I would have preferred an Englishman to have taken the trophy. In 2006, Murray stated he would never don an England shirt when the national football team were playing Argentina, so I guess he's a Scotsman for a period. Oh, I don't care. Listen, whatever it is, it's a Brit who's won it for the first time in 77 years, and that's, that's as good as it's going to get. A couple of weeks ago, says Patsy, I wrote to Delia Smith about Waitrose's big mistake in using Pippa Middleton as a guest food writer. Hysterical. Might as well use me as a guest brain surgeon. Anyway, this week I received a lovely personal handwritten reply from the lovely Delia. What a class act. Yes, she's very good. It's like, I tell you the other good person for that, uh, Jilly Cooper, is very good. If you do an interview with Jilly Cooper, three days later, uh, a handwritten card arrives, uh, personalised with, uh, thank you so much for the interview, Uh, you know, which I think is it's quite a nice... It doesn't happen very often in the Stern Age, but some people do it very, very well. Uh, why was the Queen not at Wimbledon, or at least Charles in her place? She went for uh, her Virginia's 25th, and this is her 60th anniversary of her crowning. I don't know why there were no members of the royal family. Well, you know, I mean, but she probably heard the Roonies were going, and she went, I, I don't want to sit, you know, in front of them, because it's the royal... I'm assuming they were all in the royal box. So I don't know why there were no members of the royal family there. I mean, Prince Charles could have gone with, with Camilla, couldn't he? Did they do the presentation to Andy Murray? Because yeah, I didn't get as far as that bit. I missed that bit. Uh, Arthur says, when you started talking about the large tablet, I thought it was about medicine. I was wondering how much water you would need to actually help you swallow a 27-inch tablet. 
Oh, goodness sake, honestly. Sometimes you lose the will to live, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, 84850. Uh, Wilma's listening. Husband threatening to throw the radio out the window. Oh, there you go. And Johnny says, a Brit wins Wimbledon. Good luck to him. Sycophants basking in his glory. Unlike some who only wanted to hear more of the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I thought it was good. I thought I like it when things like that happen. I get a bit, I don't get excited. Cease to get excited about anything, I'm afraid. Uh, but I, I just sort of, I just thought it was nice. I just thought it was nice. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is back here campaign. Learn to sing in the morning, apparently. There's a picture, there's a picture of Jamie Thigston. Lord. Oh, this is the sign language campaign. They did this the other day, actually. And um, you can go to their website, which is www.lifeanddeath.co.uk. They came in a short while ago and they were, they were filming people. And they said, could I go the other side of the square? Well, I've had this before. I found myself in Tunisia last time. And uh, so they said, can you come to the other side and do this sort of sign language something? And I, I said, I can't today because I was actually running to go to another interview. But uh, obviously Jamie's done it. And so people, it's a 17-day tour. Lots of people are backing it. So Ian McKellen, Emma Bunton, Rob Bryden, uh, also uh, Jamie Thigston and the Gruffalo. They've all agreed to take part in the Sign Good Morning campaign from the Life and Death Association, which is lovely. So if you go to their website, lifeanddeath.co.uk, and as Daniel Radcliffe is involved... We're all very happy with it. It's uh, LBC 97.3. If you've just woken up, A, you're late, but don't worry, because you can podcast this programme. We have a free podcast for you up a little bit later on. And all you have to do is check on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. We have a paying podcast, which you can download everything on the station from as little as two month, uh, £2 a month. You can download everything and you get to keep it. It doesn't just expire, so that's really good value. And then a few of us have got free podcasts, and that's available also on lbc.co.uk. I've noticed in uh, Metro this morning, dreary old Katie Price, way too much Botox, way too much Botox, um, is talking about business babies and... Um, rude things but her forthcoming autobiography her fifth she's never written a word in her life but she's got her fifth autobiography coming out who buys this what sort of people buy do they realize perhaps they don't realize i don't know very odd isn't it she's had 50 books out not one of them has she ever written a word in it's absolutely unbelievable isn't it a career based on the fact that she can't write much she's not much good at speaking either news at six is next it's lbc 97.3 This is LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Trying to sound sound all upbeat about the whole thing and going, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's Monday morning. I'm thinking, nobody likes Monday morning. You've had such a nice weekend and this weekend's going to be great. And you're thinking... I've just come back from holiday, we've had terrible weather and now we've got the heat wave and I'm back at work and I'm going to have to stand on a train and it's going to be really packed and really crowded and it's going to be horrid. It's going to be horrid. I've done it myself. I've done it myself. When I came back on the the train on on Friday evening from town, it was lovely actually because I found a carriage and I sort of sat down and it's so easy, isn't it? If you're going on the... to fall asleep. It's so easy. You just and I, just, I can just, I sit there and I, I sort of lull myself into this situation where you close your eyes briefly and you think, oh no, because I'll dribble. 
And I don't want people to go past me, he's dribbling. Or if you fall asleep, then you stuck your face to the window. Or you wake up and there's some kid sucking a lollipop, staring at you, and you're thinking, oh, God, have I been snoring? I did that the other day. I fell asleep. I went down to my godchildren on Saturday and sat there because it was such a hot day. I had the air conditioning. I thought, all right, so the car's going to drink petrol anyway with the air conditioning on. I don't care. I don't care. I'll, I'll let it drink petrol. And, and it did drink petrol. It did drink petrol because the air conditioning just seems to use it. I don't know why, but I thought I refuse to sit there. You can always tell people that don't have air conditioning who can't afford to use it. They've got the windows down on the car, not me. Not me. It's only good when the car, car is actually moving. But for the rest of it, air conditioning, I'm afraid. I've got to have it. The advice today is take a bottle of water. It's going to be 84 degrees. It's going to be very, very hot. Very, very hot. So, uh, you know, uh, what was all the fuss about the interview on this morning? This was um, Katie Hopkins, some failure from The the Apprentice, as indeed most of them are. Uh, And she's obviously decided that she's been plodding around daytime television like some shark circling a a swimming pool for, for years, and nobody's taken a blind bit of notice of her. She doesn't really come up with anything interesting. So she decided to come up with something which was really stupid, which was she doesn't let her children play with other children who've got common names. Because she's quite clearly, I mean, she, I mean, she can't be that snobby. It's not possible, actually, to be that snobby about it. And also because she's so common herself. You know, she's very working class. She looks working class. She's called Katie, for goodness sakes. Hardly, you know, an exotic name like Amber or India or some of these pretentious names that parents give their kids now. In fact, I can't remember what her kids' names are. Oh, one is called India, is it? Oh, right, one is... And Poppy is the other one. See, Poppy's... I mean, I've, I've got a, a friend of mine, Pete. His, his daughter's called Poppy. And, and that's OK. But then she said she wouldn't let her children play with anybody who was called Chantel or Chardonnay or Kylie or all, any of those kind of names, because she quite clearly thinks that that name signifies that they're common. Well, they are. I mean, they are because people, you know, you will find after Andy Murray today, you know, there will be parents who are having kids born. It's a boy. They go, let's call him Andy. That's how it works. People see that. I don't see anybody going, let's call the child Kerry. You know, because that's, that's got the word bankrupt stamped all over it. So you don't want to go out with a kid, you know, or Victoria. That's a bit OK, but it's a bit old-fashioned now, isn't it? But it's any of those chavvy names. She said she... Well, well, I mean, how you stop your children playing with them at school, I've got no idea. Does she give them a list of names? That's why it's so, it's so stupid. She wrote about it, quite clearly trying to sort of provoke some sort of interest in her dreary writings and ramblings. And, I mean, she's passed her sell-by. Ages and ages. And so what she's done is she's... But, but when, when the kids go to school, does she stand there and go, not, not, Poppy, darling, not, not that child. Play, play with that one over there. That one. You can't do that at school because kids form friendships at school. They're not going to be, you know, deciding who they... Does she give them a list on a card? Don't get out with any, anybody call because the kids called Chardonnay and Chantel might also have a card called, you know, don't go anywhere near anybody called India. It's so pretentious. It's nouveau riche. You know, and it, it could work the other way. So that's what it was. And people found it saying, oh, I can't, what gives her the right to, without realising it's just a silly piece of fluff. It's a bit of chip paper for tomorrow. So they invite her on to this morning and uh, this morning team of Holly Willabooby and uh, Pip Schofield, hardly ever on the television, uh, decide that they're going to pretend and fake being outraged by the things she's written. Whereas, in fact, they must have discussed it at the morning news meeting. We're going to be having her on. She's going to be saying these stupid things. Phil, can you look sort of suitably... <gasps> I can't believe we said, can you do that, dear? Well, try, for goodness sake. I can just see the uh, producer, Carl, say, come on, Phil, love. And Holly Willoughby, can you, can you try and express outrage? So the, the headline came up, you know, Holly Willoughby lost her temper. She didn't lose her temper at all. Watch it back. There's no losing of temper. They're having a laugh with it. 
And, they, and they, they probably go, yeah, that worked really well. We managed to wind up the audience. Because they think the audience are sort of, you know, a, a gullible for that kind of thing. And and they uh, and they were, I'm afraid, on that one. So that's all it was. Uh, we're on a trip on a bus today, says Noreen. The heat will be awful. Loads of water, methinks. But at least it's cool at 6am. Yes, the Roonies were there at Wimbledon. The Duke of Kent presented to Andy. He usually does. Is that is that because he's a member of the All England Club? Is, is that how it uh, works? But don't the... Um, Oh, he's president of the... Oh, right. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Andy is a Scotsman. First, says Caroline from, from Cheatham. And is still a Brit. We should all share in the feel-good factor as we don't get many. That's what I said. That's what I said. We should all share in it. It was so good. It was lovely. It was, it was really, really nice. He's clearly British. He had a British passport, not a Scottish passport. If I'm abroad, says Peter, and ask my nationality, I say British, not English. People who send postcards home and show the country and say, Angleterre are incorrect. <laughs> yes, I mean, I agree with you on the last line completely, as you know. Uh, one on uh, Tower... Oh, this is where Julie went. She went all over the place yesterday in the heat. So she goes to Tower Bridge. <laughs> Gets everything done. Bless her. Actually, it was a good day yesterday. It was very nice. Get out today, do something, but take a bottle of water with you. You do not want to sit there and absolutely bake. Uh, Kevin, the sweltering milkman, says, They say in London you're never more than seven feet away from a rat. Five foot away from a Tesco Extra and three feet away from a blooming Starbucks. He says, I hope Paul's dad gets well soon and happy birthday to Annie. Yes, many happy birthdays. Many happy returns of the day to uh, Annie. Uh, Jill says, Steve, yesterday was 7-7. Andy was first for 77 years and last female one in 77. Weird, isn't it? Enjoy yourself at Hampton. I envy you. Yes, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, actually, as long as it's not... Too hot. I've got this bright pink shirt to wear. It is, like, so bright. It's linen, so I'm hoping... And I've got my nice white hat to wear as well. It's what we wear in London, mate. It's not Cambridge. We don't turn up in shorts. I'm not wearing shorts. It's ridiculous. I shouldn't do. It's, it's very common short. You, you buy me clothes now. This is a bit worrying. You bought those in Primark. It's probably upmarket for you, isn't it? Cambridge. Where did you go to? Went to Primark. Ooh, fashionista. Fashionista. Uh, don't forget, or cheap as well. <laughs> I wouldn't buy their socks ever again, let me tell you. Uh, the LBC Gadget Giveaway. Friday, we gave away a fabulous Google laptop. Today, it's a gas barbecue, not just any gas barbecue. This is a Weber Q120 gas barbecue, which is very nice indeed. And you can get your hands on it in about 15, 18 minutes' time this morning. But you need to know the answer to this question. Which actress played Geraldine Granger? In the Vicar of Dibley. Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Text the word gadget, follow by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So I've got my little press pass. I was going to get the car washed, I think, on the way in, but I'm going to be driving it over a field... There aren't any bumps and things like that, I don't know. It'll be a nightmare for me. Uh, perhaps they might let me park a bit closer. But anyway, so I've got to get there this morning, and then I'll have a wander around Hampton Court, and then I shall buy them a cup of tea, and then I shall leave them to wander around and enjoy it at their leisure, because it's a super prize, this one, for the Help for Heroes. It was going around Hampton Court. They've got other gardens to go to. I think they've got a gas barbecue as well. £500 to spend at B&Q and cream teas at, at these other gardens that they're going to visit. It sounds wonderful. If you like gardening, and I love gardening, but I must remember when I get home, water the hanging baskets, water the hanging baskets. It's going to be 84 degrees. I could literally go to Hampton Court this morning, come back, and by the time I get back, they could be dead. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I've done it all properly and make sure that it's all uh, dripping all over the place. Uh, 84850, 
Mark and Hemel, the best part of the whole interview this morning was when she said she wouldn't let her kids play with other kids who had stupid names of places like Brooklyn or London, to which Pip Schofield replied, isn't one of your children's names India? Um, <laughs> and Dan says, don't forget her son, Maximilian. Oh, the basket's up and who has, who has Maximilian? Is that... Katie Hopkins got Maximilian as well. Oh, such pretentious names, honestly. Delusions of grandeur, ladies and gentlemen. But as I say, unless you stand at school and say, you know, what, what, what's your little friend here called? OK, this is Kylie, is it? OK, don't, don't play with Kylie ever again. Because you can't see how it's going to work. You can't see... Because they might sit next to him in school. What are you going to do? Go into school and go, can I make sure my, my child sits next to somebody with an equally stupid-sounding name? So, do you have anybody called Taiwan in here? Is there anybody called Taiwan? Well, I've got India. Anybody got Taiwan? Mesopotamia? Is that around here? No? What have we got, then? OK. We've got... Uh, Actually, I think it's... I've just read... What's the date today? It's not the date. Oh, it's the 8th. Oh, I've got quite panicky. I thought I'd missed somebody's birthday. I've got quite panicky about it. I have to rely on Noreen to remind me of when people's birthdays are. And it's my ex-producer Giles's birthday on the 10th. The one who you remember went to... Uh, where did he go to? Kefalonia. And he brought back, because I adore it, peanut brittle. And what did he do? Took out three of my crowns. <laughs> I've never lost so many crowns. Over, but I mean, it's about a quarter of an inch thick. Delicious, though. I do love peanut brittle. I cursed the day. It cost me about £700 to have them all plumbing well put back in again. Not a clever day, was it? Quarter past six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC 97.3. LBC. Thank you very much indeed. Susan Bookbinder with you at 6.30. 7 o'clock this morning, Nick Ferrari and the team looking at, uh, at Murray and the game yesterday and everybody saying exactly the same. It was good. Made you cry a little bit. and I just felt so pleased for him. I just thought it was quite nice. You know, when you win something, if you're a sportsman or woman, you know, to win something is, uh, is it's just nice. It's absolutely, you know, it's wonderful. Uh, Daily Express, I mean, every front page is Murray. His mum will make a great scrapbook. In fact, you might as well just buy all the papers today because he's on the front page of every single one of them. In fact, in The Sun, they've got an eight-page pullout, if you please. <laughs> they've done everything. And uh, the Express, they've got two, three, four and five page numbers and sport. Uh, plus the good news that we've kicked out Abu Qatada, finally, out of Britain. Nigella Lawson, Saatchi's going to file for divorce, which we told you at the beginning of the programme. Not done it in the best way. He's obviously not the nicest of people. Shame, really. Uh, my stated nationality varies. I'm English for rugby, British for Olympic tennis and the Legion, and European to enrage my husband. And Russ says, shorts or sandals should never be worn north of Gibraltar. Yeah, well, I want to be round here. I don't know how to put up with people wearing the oddest clothes round here. Really, it is most bizarre. I'm hoping I'm going to go to um, Hampton Court and we're not going to see too many people in shorts. I don't think there will be. I don't think the... Uh, no, there won't be. I think there's a dress code and you wouldn't be allowed in. Uh, I'm, I'm getting in there because I'm full, full outfit. Full outfit with the hat and the... God... It's like Piccadilly Circus in there, someone. As you sit here, it's like a revolving door. It's like a Brian Ricks farce. Any minute now, the vicar will come in and go, whoops, where, where, where have my boxers gone? And all of a sudden, wander out the door, sitting on a bonquette. So, uh, after 77 years, 13, 15 Prime Ministers. 15, I missed two out. Three monarchs. And the British man wins Wimbledon. Uh, the Mirror this morning. Every Nigella shock at divorce demand. It is shocking, isn't it, really? Especially we never consulted her, just filed for divorce. Straight. Perhaps that. Perhaps that's sort of bitter and twisted. I think. History in his hands. Murray and his, his girlfriend's ever so pretty. Her name's Kim. Is that a common name? I don't know. Would she be allowed to play with Katie Hopkins' children? Probably not. Kim is sort of Kim, 
Kim. Actually, it can be either a girl or a man's name, can't it? We used to have a report here years ago called Kim Sabido. And uh, he was a man. Kim Sabido. Uh, Daily Star this morning. There's um, a big, bro- big, big brother apparently still going on. I had no idea. David Beckham was seen to smile at Wimbledon. Oh, Victoria Beckham. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I don't think he was there. Uh, we have it recorded. Shame she was talking throughout the tennis, says Christine. Oh, dear, it's so common, isn't it? So common. I don't know. It's, I'm, now, I'm now worried about everybody's names, whether or not... Is Stephen a common name? Is that a bit common? Should I be called something... I don't know. Bruce would be common, wouldn't it? Would be Bruce... Sorry? The name suits me, yes, because I'm common. Thank you. It's bitter, isn't it? Because I don't know whether I've got a common name now. I don't know. I mean, would would sort of, you know, um, what do they have? One of the guys in the in Made in Chelsea is called Proudfoot. Apparently, it's his surname, but they're okay. Yeah, they like call themselves by their surnames. But there's nobody particularly posh in there at all. I don't think. I think they're all a bit nouveau, a little bit nouveau. Uh, Daily Mail, Andy Murray, and the big question: Will it now be a rise to Andy? Uh, my, my my big question is: Couldn't you be bothered to have a shave? You know, I'd like... It, it, it looks so he hasn't shaved for ages and ages. <laughs> and I was so hoping... I was so hoping that he would actually have a shave. But anyway, it doesn't... You know, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, for goodness sake. It's not my colour of business. I'm just glad he, he won. I'm glad somebody won. Because we were predicting earlier on in the day, some, a friend of mine was saying, he said, do you reckon we'll win? I said, nah, we don't generally win at anything, do we, really? We didn't win at the diving, we didn't win at... You know, but at least we make an effort. But we're just not, not quite good enough to tip over the top. But in this particular case, he was good enough to tip over the top. And that's what people loved. I mean, it just, just made such a difference. Such a difference. A lot of people talking about not, not wearing shorts in town. As I say, Kevin the Milkman will be wearing them. But then, you know, that's what Milkman wear. You expect Milkman to wear. And I should imagine a lot of cab drivers are wearing shorts. Hopefully nobody picking me up if we're wearing shorts. I don't, no, I don't make a big thing about it. I'm not, not a snob in any way, shape or form. But I do make them get out of the car and stand there while I sort of... Out, OK, tie's not exactly straight. You know, clean your shoes next time round. Michael Parkinson in everything. I can't work out if he's, if he's plugging his interview show or if he's, he's just plugging prostate cancer. And so um, he announced at the weekend he's been diagnosed with it, but the prognosis is good. The doctors have said they expect him to make a full recovery. He's 78. He's 78, for goodness sake. How's he taking it? Well, he's, he said, I'm not slowing down. He expects... Well, what does he do now? What does Michael Parkinson do? I know he loves cricket. I know he loves going out to watch the, uh, the cricket. But uh, they say here, he says, uh, he's launched a campaign against the disease. This is prostate cancer. Calling on men to carry out a simple test. OK, ready for this one? On a Friday night in the pub, you'll find yourself in a urinal. Try to hit the wall from two feet. He said, if you can't, go to the doctor. Oh, blimey. Not really sure. So that's the hard and fast rule, is it? Two feet. If you can't hit the wall from two feet, you need to go to the doctor. There's many of you going, well, I can't hit it from, like, three feet. <laughs> sort of from, from sort of a foot. Imagine. That, that's what the hard and fast rule is. Same as, as, uh, as diabetes. They say, you know, if you go to the toilet more than sort of five times in the night, there's a very good chance you're going to be diabetic. But uh, for prostate cancer, apparently he thinks the hard and fast... And he must have checked on this. He must have done it uh, properly. Um, it's if you can't hit the wall from two feet. I should be trying that later on this morning. I just thought I'd tell you that now, just in case. Because you do worry, you get a bit older, and we're not very good as men checking ourselves out and, uh, and making sure that everything's all, all functioning properly. And sometimes it doesn't. And so now is the time to do it. 
Yes. So the syrup, just going back to the slush puppy, the syrup apparently from Paul was poured into the top of the machine, diluted with water and then put through, through a freezing unit, which gave off a huge amount of heat in its own right. If you can remember the Mr. Whippy soft ice cream machines in Fairground, you'll know the drill. Yes. So, so in other words, it's, it's some, must be something in the water that turns it into these little pearls, mustn't it? That's the bit that, that fascinates me. I'm, I'm never quite fathomed out. This is, this is for slush puppy. I said in the market the other day, the person doing the best business was slush puppy. And in cold weather, sorry, in hot weather, all you want to do is have a cold ice cream. I couldn't wait, but I, was, I became a bit mean. You know, no matter how desperate I am for an ice cream, I'm not going to pay over the odds. I'm not going to pay £4 for an ice cream. I don't care who they are. I'm not going to. £2 would be my top whack on an ice cream in a cornet. I'm certainly not going to be paying £4 for anything. The time you've added on the flake and all the other bits of rubbish is just ridiculous. And it's just exploitation of tourists. I thought it was bad enough on the riverboats, £12. So I sort of, we, we sort of held off on that one. Might have to do that on a different dime. <laughs> uh, Jackie says, I took part in a Canadian documentary on wildlife rescue over the weekend, releasing baby rabbits and 12 song thrushes onto our land. Uh, I will be available on DV next year. The film crew were from Nova Scotia and said they do not have wild rabbits there. Oh, shame. I like wild rabbits. Couldn't eat a whole one. I couldn't eat any of it, to be honest with you. I'm not that, uh, not that kind of person. Listen, uh, you've only got a few minutes left. A few minutes left to get your entries in for the competition, for the gadget competition, to get your hands on the Weber Q120 gas barbecue. Which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So, which actress played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley. Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Just about it uh, for this morning. I do love the picture on the front of The Times today because it's Andy Murray attempting to get himself through the crowd of people. And it looks, they call him the history boy because he made history yesterday. We cried, we cheered, we clapped. He won and we haven't got to wait 77 years for the next one. And they reckon having picked up £1.6 million yesterday, his estimated earnings could be £200 million. My God, no idea. He'll be a tax exile very shortly, wouldn't he? But he kissed her. He nearly forgot his mum. He nearly forgot his mum, Judy. But uh, Murray's girlfriend, Kim, spent the match jumping up and down. She's ever so pretty. I mean, he's not the best-looking thing in the books, is he? I don't, he's OK, you know, he's, he's all right, but, I mean, he's not exactly a, you know, stunner in terms of... So, mind you, poor old John Inverdale's the one who's in trouble this morning after making that comment about that other Wimbledon player. But, I mean, he's, he's so right. You know, if somebody's unattractive, tell them. I spend my life going around telling people, you know. It's, it doesn't make me the most popular person, but who, who wants to be popular? Who wants to be popular? I've decided I'm going to check on my friend's names today. I might uh, be taking Katie Hopkins' advice. Have a lovely day. Be careful in the heat. Nick and the team with you at seven. I'm Steve Allen. Back tomorrow morning next on LBC. The Morning News with Susan Bookbinder.